Hey, this is Nate from RadShare, and you're listening to the BMX in Our Blood podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BMX in Our Blood. So this episode is super cool because of the way it played out. The conversation with, with Brian Bono, and I just think it's, it, it's funny. It's just funny how things work out, and they couldn't have worked out better for... Brian, a great guy, a great friend, and uh, someone that is really a huge BMX fan. So uh, it's, uh, we've got some Stu Thompson in there, and that's what made this quite an interesting episode. I do have to apologize for the difficulty that you'll have hearing Stu Thompson at first. We really weren't anticipating this at all, so I couldn't get over there with the with the mic. He was pretty far across the room. So, uh, but as he got into it, he talked a bit more. So for the first half hour, just bear with it. Turn it up as loud as you can so you can hear Stu Thompson. And after that, when it's uh, just Brian and I, it's a it's a just a great conversation as well. So anyway, hope everyone's doing well. We'll talk to you soon. all you need yeah I was gonna say yeah, right, if I had a furry right. mic hanging over my head that would feel pretty cool I'll turn I might turn these lights on later if I feel like I need to <laughs> but by the way we're, we're getting recording advice from uh mighty Stu Thompson right now I mean how, how could who, who would ever think that I'd be sitting here doing a podcast Stu Thompson's in the room here with me. Yeah, it, yeah, we're doing a podcast, and you're more important than Stu Thompson hey, right Stu, now. Hey, Stu, keep it down over there, would you please? I'll do my best. All right. I got, I got stories to tell about BMX. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least you can remember. <laughs> Some of them. I'm, it's slipping with me. They're really, they're really slipping lately. Almost 50. How old are you now, Stu? Uh, I am 61. Really? 61. Good for you. So there's, there's hope. There is hope. Yeah, we still got we still got ten time. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, that's why I'm sitting in here relaxing because yeah. I'm wearing myself out. <laughs> well, if you're staying for the weekend, that's what everyone says. You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta face it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit at a time. I come here and I just I'm like a dog chasing a tennis ball. It never stops. <laughs> one more time, one more time. Yeah, it's hard to shut it down when you're here. Do you uh, need an outlet? Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, Brian. Yes. Bono, like Sonny, but exactly the same without the tree. But very different. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, no yeah. tree. Right, There's no. been a few trees in the past, but different <laughs> yeah. outcomes. Fortunately, that, that's that's good. I'm. <laughs> I feel lucky for that. Yes. Otherwise, you would have never had the chance to upstage Stu Thompson. I know. You know, <laughs> this is this is good good stuff. Uh, so anyway, episode ninety three. You are right. countdown to ninety nine. I guess I don't know. We're still sounds, figuring that out. Sounds important. Yeah. So, uh, want to do a little bit of background on yourself before we jump into all this juicy stuff that's going to include uh, Southern California stuff. We're Stu, I'm sure, is going to want to run right over and help with. Yeah. <laughs> As you he talk probably about remembers your... when I came out there, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, he might. Yeah, he might back, remember. Background as far as uh, beginning of racing or? Yeah, um, not, you know, not, not who the, I am or what? 
Yeah, let's start with let's start with when it really got. What what? How old were you when it really got? I I remember exactly fun. when it when it hit. Well, you and it free, was it was fall of 1985. Mm-hmm. I was in the eighth grade, and kids started showing up at school with the magazines. Mm-hmm. And I I got I still remember the BMX Plus it had it was a red cover it had a six bike shootout of the the junk bikes. That was the first ones I remember seeing at school. And I started flipping through there and was instantly hooked. Yeah. Because up until that moment, I was uh, I was a bit lost trying to find my identity or who I was or what I was into. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it hit me like a ton of bricks when I opened those magazines. And it was it was 100% from, from then on. Mm-hmm. So, and I was, I was fortunate that my, my best friend and I, um, Andy Johnson... Uh-huh. He uh, hit him at the same time, but he got into the freestyle, and I got into the racing, mm-hmm. and and we were both, you know, hundred hundred percent from then on. So, is that when you built the kick turn ramp that you had uh, in, your, his, in your driveway? Yeah, his shortly after that, his dad, um, his dad and and Andy built that kick turn ramp, put it in his driveway, mm-hmm. and that became a, a daily, a daily session. That was probably that was probably eighty six. That was probably the next year. Uh huh. But I had my very first race. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. My very first race, which was May the 2nd. I still have the trophy at home with the original masking tape underneath it. It's got the date. Yeah. I finished third place. Uh-huh. I, I, somebody might have to fact check this, but I believe it was on a Friday that I raced. I raced again on Saturday. On Sunday, we were riding that kick turn ramp in his driveway, and he told me to jump the curb that goes out into the street. Yeah. So yeah. I did it. And I got run over by a car. <laughs> Just oh completely God. smashed. <laughs> Fortunately, I had a helmet on. I yeah, had one of those yeah. full-face elim- Protec Eliminator two helmets on because yeah, yeah. I was riding a trick ramp. Yeah. And this curb was about three inches high, and I hit that thing, and I remember turning my head while I was in the air, and I saw a car, and that was the last thing I remember. I woke up laying in the street. I woke up again in an ambulance. I woke up again at a hospital. So wow. that was that was it was a good weekend. It was a hell of a weekend. What happened to you? It uh, I smashed out her front windshield. She was speeding, by the way. She was going about forty, yeah. about forty, yeah. forty-five miles per hour is what they determined. Yeah, yeah. But I shouldn't have jumped out in front of her. Right. But I, I hit her side panel. My head smashed out her front windshield, and it took a big chunk out of that helmet. Ooh. Now I flew up in the air, crashed to the ground. Um, yeah. Andy ran inside, screaming, threw himself on the floor, screaming that I was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it took a chunk out of that helmet. But I I went home later that day. I did, I scratched up uh, knees and elbows, mm-hmm. and other than that, I was I was good to go. Wow. Yeah. So that was. Wow. Was All right. That was, your, that was your entries. Yeah. Wow. Who be next? But yeah, I was. That was my first race, and that was in May of '86. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had gone through that fall of I need to get into BMX. Um, I actually got my first BMX bike, which is a Diamondback Super Viper, which is also still at home, in 1985. Uh, Andy had gotten it, and he reluctantly had to tell his dad about a month later that he wanted to freestyle. Uh-huh. He didn't want this bike, he wanted a different bike. <laughs> Fortunately, I wanted that bike, yeah. so I, I ended up acquiring it for 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid 50, my mom paid 50, my dad paid 50. And I officially got it for Christmas, 1985, uh-huh. and uh, 
you know, I'm sure rode it all through the winter whenever I could and, and yeah. started racing in May. So, and it was on, it was on then. Well, I have to ask you, the Christmas Classic was currently running at that time, I believe. I believe 85 was the first year of it. So, I, I did not, I did not go to it that first year. I was still too new figuring things out. But 80, you were aware of it. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I was aware of it even. Mm-hmm. 86, I did go, mm-hmm. but I was still a beginner, 14 beginner at that point. And I raced the pre-race, mm-hmm. which I still have that trophy at home. The President's Cup? Uh, no, the pre-race, which was before Christmas. They would build the track. Oh, I didn't know they did that. They would have a pre-race mm-hmm. um, on the 23rd. Obviously, 24th, 25th, places closed down. On the right. 26th, that's when it was practiced. 27th was President's Cup. 28th and 29th were the Nationals. But yes, you better believe I was there to build the track because I wanted to ride it. Right. I'd kick dirt clods around and mm-hmm. you know drag a rake behind me or something to make it look like I was trying to trying to help out. But yeah, it was all <laughs> so that I could try to get my my tires on the track. Uh-huh. Occasionally it worked. Oh my so, gosh. But yeah, '86 was my first year yeah. going to the, and that's when I was hunting down Stu. Um, yeah. Like we just talked about, I, I had a duffel duffel bag full of magazines, and I was on a mission. <laughs> And you still have them. You were one of the smart ones that actually held on to the magazines. I, I and held the on, newspapers. Yep. I still have the magazines. Yeah, it costs a lot to buy a magazine that yes, you're missing it does. now. I've had, to, uh, I've had to fill in some of the gaps with, with the eBay purchases. Oh, it? my gosh. It's a killer. Uh, but I still read them. Mm-hmm. So. so from there, that's when you, uh, in 86, that's when you were exposed to Christmas classic, classics. Mm-hmm. So now, that was the first national you went to was the Christmas classic. Yes. That's crazy yeah. because that that to me was bigger than the grands. I, I don't know. It that was, was, it was, that a, big was a big one. It was a it was a fun one and yeah. exciting time of the year and hey, everything about that race was was great. Here's a question for we got Stu. Hey Stu, at that time was Didi Leone still uh, still racing in '86 at Christmas Christmas Classic? That was at the tail end of my career. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he he was in it for that long. Yeah, from I, I just kind of focus on my agenda. Right. Not really concentrate on who goes where and right. how long we've been in it. So, right. uh, you know, plus I was I could see the light at the end of the tunnel on my career. Per se, so I just kind of yeah. Did you say eighty six was was the end or towards the end? 80, I think it was eighty seven. Okay. I mean, my, yeah. my goal was to, to race till I was 30. Mm-hmm. That was my personal goal. Um, I think I missed it by a year, but that wasn't my fault. It was just that mm-hmm. when I was at, currently with Puppy, they had some change in upper management and they just scrapped the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, not, it was out of my control. And then it was right there in the, the kind of the, the slump of the cycling industry with, with BMX and, and freestyle and skateboarding was coming back around. So the cycling and the bed, people's budgets were maxed out and spent, you know, and then trying to shop around for sponsors was getting kind of frustrating. So mm-hmm. Did you feel like you're old in the sport at, coming up on 30? I, no, I didn't, but my body was kind of tattered a little bit. I had some nagging injuries that I, I couldn't heal mm-hmm. um, and still stay competitive in the points chase. Yeah. Every time I would, I would do good, you know, I'd win a race, I'd feel really good, and then I would fall and re-injure. 
Yeah. Sound familiar, Joe? Yeah. Re-injuring old injuries? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was kind of disheartening and, and kind of frustrating. And I finally said, you know, I, I need to, like, focus on the rest of my life and figure out where I'm, I'm going to go. And do I want to do sales or do I want to work within a company? You know, and um, ended up being, well, I also started a bike shop right around the same time as well. Oh, okay. Actually, before that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. but I needed to focus on where, where was I going to be in 40 years. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that when you decided to, um, you eventually became a sheriff, but um, that you decided to, to train into the police force? Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, had a lot of friends within the department, mm-hmm. uh, neighbors, you know, I met a lot of people ranching at, you know, at my shop, you know, servicing mm-hmm. you know, police officers' bikes you know, for, their, for their patrol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just integrated myself within them and then just seemed like a, a good career. Mm-hmm. You know, and good potential, good retirement, good benefits. Right. So I'm like, you know, right. let's, let's do that. Oh, you retired from the police force? Yeah, oh, did you? Okay. My goal was to do 25 years on the department Cool. Congratulations. So none of those guys in the police force knew that, that Huffy made a bike named after you? Yeah, there were, I mean, <laughs> there's kind of, I mean, a lot of people know, I don't know, it's like, it's, there's, I think there was a movie or a book, it's called Six Degrees of Separation. Right, yeah. Right. Where every once, I mean, there's just, everywhere you go, somebody knows you, or so mm-hmm. there's people within the department that, you know, I see them sit and have lunch and, that's great. So it was cool. You know, and it helped it helped me with the department because uh-huh. a lot of the upper management guys, you know, lieutenants and captains. Yeah, yeah. You know I was actually older than them, but they in their childhood uh-huh. had heard of being that so had a nephew or a cousin or right. you know, grandkid or somebody sure. Yeah. It is cool. I kind of had the, the uh, I was kind of known as the bike guy, you know, oh, okay. in my apartment. Because um, I did a lot of bike patrol, you know, extra mm-hmm. patrolling that we would do for special events and stuff. And right. So we had a bike team and go out and, you know, yeah. for bad guys. Cool. Yeah. Did you go randomly bomb down a fire road or anything while you are out there? No, <laughs> no. 
Oh, okay. Basic fight skills for sure. Yeah. Right. Slow crowds and not people. Yeah. Right. Dismounting for when you're chasing and you use your bike for you know defensive cool stuff. Yeah. Plus, you're carrying. I mean, you're carrying gear. You're carrying your. You're carrying your weapon. You're carrying. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Uh, vest too, or, or was vest. that on? Yeah. Vest, yeah. Wow. So, and those can't be those can't be light. No, no. You, you or know, cool. You, you get your vest. Yeah. You get uh, gun. You know, guts. You can carry four extra rounds of ammunition. You can, you can mm-hmm. have sixty rounds of ammo on you. Plus, you've got a belt, flashlight. Yeah. Right. Impact weapon, pepper spray, taser. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, I have to ask. When you became an officer, did you ever come into a situation where you were, uh, say, called into a situation, whether it be an accident or, I, I hate to say it, but domestic or anything like that, and actually went into a situation where you ran into a racer? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. This but, happens um, all the time. I was clearing the house. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't vacant, but there was nobody home at the time. So we, sure. we found an open door, so we were walking around checking, you know, checking doors and rooms and stuff. And I, I'm seeing, you know, boxes of you know bands, tennis shoes, and I can see a couple of trophies and a few posters and stuff. It's freestyle related. Uh huh. Anthony Sewell. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Rick Thorne. Oh, Ford. okay. Free, yeah. Freestyler. Like yeah. and black. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so I, I left a business card, and, and, uh, and I, I think I saw him at the local 7-Eleven. Sure. Or like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Hey, Rick, what's going on? Oh, that's <laughs> fine. And yeah, yeah, also yeah. I did, uh, they used to have a couple of auto alarms at, um, Jesse James's house. Okay. In, uh, down in the mm-hmm. beach area. Yeah. Doesn't he have a connection to BMX somehow? Well, he grew up Loosely, in maybe. He grew up in the Riverside area. Okay. And, 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 you know, yeah. Grew up the local trails that, you know, yeah. And stuff. And, gotcha. Okay. Uh, a little bit younger than me. Yeah. not very often that it's a situation that's that's really something where you even have the moment to think yeah, that. Yeah, well, there was, there was a funny story. We were, my partner was on a, uh, what we call a pet stop. Uh-huh. A guy on a bicycle during the morning or whatnot. Nothing really happened. Nothing good happened. So, 
Yeah. He, he does a stop on a guy, you know, he's riding on the wrong side of the street, no lights and stuff like that. So he has the, the problem cop pulled over and detain him to talk to him. So, you know, he's talking to him and I and I come up and as his backup officer and I'm kind of standing behind the guy. And the guy's talking and they're you know, they're just just chit chatting, you know, and my partner's telling him, Hey, you know, you need a light, you know, he runs it for warrants and stuff like that. And he's right, right. so it's, they're just talking Kevin McNeil. No. <laughs> okay. No, I, I didn't know the guy. No, I'm he, sorry. The guy was throwing names out. Though. Sure. So he was like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is my bike. I normally ride. And some beat up. Oh, uh, okay. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my normal bike's like a, a little BMX bike. And mm-hmm. my partner, he's like, oh, yeah, the BMX. Do you know anybody like the BMX? And he's, he started throwing names out. You know, and he goes, oh, yeah, I used to race like Stu Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's, you know, I'm, I'm standing behind him, and my partner looks at me. <laughs> and then uh, he turns around and he goes, you mean like this guy here? And he looks at me and he didn't really recognize me. So I don't know if he was just holding his chain or uh, You probably had Thompson and Bird well, in mean, your... Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, that's why I said I pointed at my uniform like this one here. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Sorry, I had to ask but, you uh, that. You know, it's those, a... those are funny stories. Yeah, I mean, you're bound to run. It's a small world when you're, especially when you're in that capacity, yeah. that type of job. I mean, you. Whether well, then there was another guy that I met in front of a an AM PM one night, and his girlfriend. They were kind of down on the left, and uh, you know, maybe a percentage of the homeless population. But sure. you know, he's just doing what he could do to survive. And he he recognized me and knew who I was and, and stuff. We chit chat a lot, and then um, I. Um, promoted to sergeant and they um, went back to the jails to do some jail, not in jail, but supervised mm-hmm. deputies in the jail. And one day there was a, a medical issue with one of the inmates. And so I walked down there just to assist to make sure. Because you know, they had to go in an open day room with a bunch sure. of people. So we locked him down and bring the guy out. He was in a, you know, on, on the journey coming out. Uh-huh. And, Sure. That one, that one night, mm-hmm. the same guy that was in front of the 7-Eleven, you know, he was a girlfriend, and uh-huh. he apologized for, you know, not kind of turning his ways around like he said he would, and mm-hmm. stuff. but it was kind of cool to, to know that, you know, I had a little bit of an impact on somebody who yeah. knew that he, he knew it errored his ways, but he just couldn't change Just couldn't, yeah. You know, yeah. so that was, that was kind of cool. And there, there were other guys that, that uh, I'd seen in some cell searches, Oh, I really oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that could turn into kind of an awkward. Yeah, it can get awkward, and, you know, so I just, you know, keep, I kept it separate. Yeah. Mm hmm. But, you know, there are issues. Right. Yeah. Wow. Be an interesting line of work, said Lee's of. Yeah, well, that would be the that would be the hard part. Yeah, yeah. Seeing it and sometimes dealing with it, I guess. Yeah, we, don't, you know, we don't always see people don't call us for the best of times. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, you know, you just be fair and partial and, and mm-hmm. everybody with respect. And even mm-hmm. though they don't give you respect, you just you know, I have to you know treat them like my family. 
yeah. badass. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anywhere if you're just some badass right. cop with a badge right. and tailored sleeves and make your arms look big. <laughs> right, right. Jeez. I'm just, I'm just a guy. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, right. I'm just a guy that rides a bike. I'm just a guy that, you mm-hmm. know, happened to be a cop. And, um, you know, but I just look back at my parents. They raised me well. They told me to respect people and mm-hmm. open doors for people and say thank you. And right. Yeah. That goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. That's, all, that's all most people are looking for is yeah. to feel like you're getting respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, if that doesn't smooth over a situation that's probably not going to get smoothed over no matter what you do so but yeah mm-hmm. you know i just i'm typically i'm just a really low-key down to earth keeping myself kind of guy yeah mm-hmm. with a really cool history right well you got right. magazines I don't, man. I don't know whether it was you know uh bumped to the head too many times or not oh, yeah You have, you have magazines from back in the day, though. That I have a few. Yeah. Not not every issue. You know, my mom kept a few. You know, the ones that I would be in, my mom would be all proud. And she'd, you know, mm-hmm. she'd keep one. And then, you know, of course, I would you know subscribe to them. And every day would come to my house. Yeah. Or we'd get a track and you know look at Osborne or or John Carr. And you know hand them out. Yeah. Plus or the next action or something like that. Yeah. And I keep I keep most of them. Some slipped away. Or, mm-hmm. you know, You're right. BMX at the level you were racing and how focused, but then when the race is over or if something happens on the track, people get really, you know, any pro. I think they've gotten a little better, but it's easy to to get the confrontations with the people you're racing. So what I'm, what I'm basically getting at is uh, that must have helped because you were already kind of hardened to the whole like walk away like when someone when someone's acting like a jerk because quickly escalates yeah things escalate on the track and you walk away if you were good at that which I would imagine you I I never thought you weren't back then it was very mental it was a mental game back then because because we were all good friends yeah there would be one usually one or two pit areas where we would all hang out yeah Mm -hmm. Separate it was like the Christmas Nationals. It was all of you, and yeah. all of you were in a yeah. room just we chilling. We yeah. wouldn't separate ourselves and, and set up different pits. I mean, we would have pits, but we would always end up going over to so and so's pit or hang out over here or so and so making sandwiches or sure. and this. I mean, we just wouldn't hang out. I mean, if mm-hmm. something happened on the track, it was like, well, it was either um, it was either something that was meant to be and it, it happened because of an earlier action mm-hmm. or, you know, the repercussion of something sure. so be it I mean, we, we took care of it we didn't right. take our grudges out in the parking lot and, yeah you know, right fist yeah right we just dealt with it on the track and, mm-hmm. and for the most part it's like okay you know i got you 
I'll have to watch out for you next week. Yeah. Make it me. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, they they do that with Supercross, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. To, basically, tip for tat, well, back yeah. and forth. And they have so many of those, you know, 180 turns. Yeah. Supercross. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Yeah. Air cushions. Someone's going to get punted. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's t- but I never really, I mean, there was a couple guys that, you know, you always have to kind of put the, put your eyes behind the back of your head and mm, make yeah. sure you're there. Yeah. Protecting your corners. Yeah. Right, right. But, you know, it, it, it slows you down on the track. Yeah. If you're riding defensively. You, yeah. yeah. But nowadays, I mean, the tracks are different, so. Oh, my gosh, yeah. If you decide to go low, you're going to lose all that momentum you then need you for the next. Then you don't make it down the next straight. Yeah. Right. In the middle of. Way worse than back when we were all talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it's just the sport. It's sure. It's different. Oh yeah. It's, I, it's different. Yeah. It's it's the evolution of it. It's, yeah. Right. Right. That's the way I always like to talk about. It. It's just an evolving sport that yeah. it's it's never going to be what it was and. I maybe, love, maybe that's okay. I love the late know. '80s because that's when I started, and that's what yeah. I remember, and all these fond memories. Yeah. But somebody come yeah. from the '70s, he might love the '70s and the '80s were lame. You yeah. might think what I did well, was I mean, lame. So we, how's that any would, different than? We would be at the races, you know, in the mid '70s, and the announcer yeah. would say, you know, in riders' meeting, you know, mm-hmm. hey, if you fall down, get up because the next race is coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the way. <laughs> you know, because you know, you're not dead or dying. You just, <laughs> just you know, move. Fall off the track. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But yeah. I think the tracks I don't think anyone went home and drew up and said we need to do this track for the future. I think the tracks became what they are today because they in a sense dumbed dumb them down, mm-hmm. uh, made the jumps more lower, you know, rather than skyrocketing jumps. Yeah. 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 Smoothed it out and right. made it more Huge pump tracks. Huge pump tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. have to leave the ground right. at all. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think I would do good because I don't live them very well. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's without an obstacle. <laughs> Come back to Connecticut where I, I'm sure you raced the War of the Stars when I was racing um you were racing War of the Stars as a pro, I'm sure. Those tracks that you raced, whether it be Meriden, do you remember Meriden, Connecticut? It was also called Falcon Field, Silver City, those different names. But that's back when they'd have a national in Massachusetts and the next day it was in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm I'm sure you were at those, but those those tracks, I could say at least uh, at least one of them for sure. If, if you went there today, you would say, "Wow, that's the same track that that's the exact <laughs> same track that I raced the uh, War of the Stars at." 
But uh, or Middletown, New York, I think that was one that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you went to a lot of races, yeah. so I'm sure it's hard to remember. <laughs> it's, yeah, but uh, we have lots of pictures of pros hanging out at 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 these War of the Stars NBL races. Yeah, which. I miss those title years because I started in 83, but um, one more quick one. I, we'll do a podcast with you eventually, yeah, Brian. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Talk um, to Steve Thompson. Yeah, yeah. I don't care I mean, about I, yeah, exactly. My focus <laughs> has completely changed. I'm going to throw away my questions yeah. for you, and I'm going to start a new set I saw you, yeah, I saw you for throw Stu. Away my notes. I did. I, well, I just scratched it out and said <laughs> episode 93 is actually Stu Thompson, <laughs> not Brian Bowen. 93 and a half. Or, yeah, there, you, you know what? You're right. I can do that. I can do 93.5. But uh, I could be wrong in this, but I thought I read somewhere that uh, your father had uh, a lot of either film, maybe even video, uh, old old school video, uh, or or maybe it was uh, slides. But I thought you had discovered a bunch of things because your dad kept a lot of uh, kept a lot of records. Indoor pictures. He, uh, he followed me around in the not the very beginning, but after I would say in '77, mm-hmm. he started coming to the races with me. Uh huh. So he would be trackside with his Super 8 film camera. Okay. And he would take a lot of video, and he would take a lot of still pictures with this. Mm-hmm. And um, we had about, I don't know, that was probably about 28 hours of film, hundreds of pictures, wow. that we actually used um, to help, um, I, I gave them to John Swar and Mark Eaton, the two producers of Joe Kinnon's. Oh, okay, right. yeah, I was going to ask about that. Mm-hmm. I gave them all the film and they took it to a professional uh, production company and they digitized them all on DVDs. Oh, nice. So they used a lot of that. A lot of, this, a lot of the old footage is, is filmed from, from my dad. And it was probably from, he filmed all the way up until about maybe 79. Mm-hmm. You know, and I started doing a lot more international travel and, and, and just yeah. go to all the races. But, right. There's, yeah, there's a lot of and then a lot of the same film was used for the the Stomp and Stew documentary as well. Right. So the stuff they didn't yeah, use for, yeah. on Joe Kidd. Uh, and then after my parents passed a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, I found another box with uh, maybe about a, a dozen three or five minute reels. Oh, wow. Uh, some slides and some wow. Yeah. How lucky are we all to have that no, that your dad did that that he all oh, that video he took and, and photos. I mean it, that that was had to have been kind of rare at the time for someone to 
just be doing that recreationally, you know, videoing. And, well, you know, and it's, it's weird, though, because you see when you watch some of the videos or you see pictures mm-hmm. that he took, you see other people in the background doing right. the same thing. Oh, really? Okay. But that stuff's just sitting for, in for attics and garages. Yeah. yeah, for their kids and yeah. stuff. Right. And, you know, we've all seen the pictures of us in the magazines. You know, they're nice, you know, whether they're three by five or full page or spread or the cover or whatnot. We've all seen those pictures, but the ones I like to see are the ones from like yourself. Yeah. You mm-hmm. the Christmas classic and you know if you happen to taken a picture of the pits or something right. or me, you know, right. towering over you taking that that, that yeah. photo or you know, you somebody hanging over the, the railing and take a picture of us going down the first straight, mm-hmm. whether it's blurry or out, those are the cool shots that I like to see yeah. people post. You know, uh-huh. Those are the ones that you know, there's that their parents took, and now they're you know in their forties, and you know they've went up in the attic, the farm, and or the basement, and they mm-hmm. found this you know shoebox right. full of photos, and you know you, every once in a while you see someone start you know posting that stuff up. Those are the cool ones. Those yeah. are the ones that mean more mm-hmm. to me than any of the, the yeah the glossy right BMX action. Yeah, the behind the scenes yeah. photos I yeah. think are the are the cool. Yeah. And I man, I wish I would have taken pictures that first year. I I started doing a zine in the early '90s, and I started taking pictures very late '80s. Yeah. And you know, I, I, amateur photographer at best, but I've got a, a lot of pictures I shared on my Instagram of all those early '90s races and stuff like that. But you know, there's there's not a professional picture in the in the bunch, but people like seeing them because it was just yeah. from this side of the fence, taken of the straightaway of somebody come yeah. down. And, yeah, but. it was a year or two that I, I got a, I bought a VHS camera and took it around to a couple of a couple of works car races and stuff. So yeah, they're sitting in the box too. But they're kind of corny. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's yeah. no rhyme and reason to my filming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't get a picture with you in '86, but I did get one in '08 uh, out there in Phoenix. There was an old school reunion at Black Mountain, yeah. and I've got a I got a picture I put on Instagram uh, standing there next to you. Um, that, that was pretty cool. So I have to get another one this weekend at some point. Yeah, Do another yeah. ten-year jump. Yeah. Ten-year, eleven-year right. for both of us. Yeah. But, uh, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. That was fun. Yeah. Well, you know, just things we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things makes us make us happy. You have to have to have those happy outlets for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know this would be a good time for you and I to talk about Todd Lyons because (laughs) wait do we have anything clean and decent to talk about with Todd Lyons Uh, yeah I've got some some stories about him that are Let's let's hit to share. let's hit a Todd Lyons story for Stu because I know you've got at least one uh, where you guys traveled out to Eastern Pennsylvania yes so or any other but uh, we'll, uh, give, we'll give Stu a story pressure's on a little bit huh yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> um, yeah I mean I've they live near each other how close do you guys live Tom lives on the other side of town from me so when I started in 86 again come about Christmas Nationals time was about the same time that he started showing up in magazines mm-hmm. you know, he's riding for Hutch skying over these jumps kicking out you know whatever but you know the caption would say Todd Lyons from Ohio yeah, and yeah. I saw that and I thought well, shit man this, this guy lives in the same state 
he's where where I want to be. Like that was my dream. Like this uh-huh. dude's he can ride. Obviously, he's he's from Ohio. Whether I knew he was across town or not at that point, I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, so instantly, as you know, he was we're the same age, he and I. But instantly, I saw that, and yeah, you know, that guy became like a a hero to me. Uh-huh. And then the more he showed up in the magazines, and the more you know riding he did, the mm-hmm. the more I looked up to him. Um, well, he would come back to Ohio every now and then to visit family and stuff. And I don't even remember when the first time I met him was. I'm I'm surprised mm-hmm. I've forgotten how that's happened. But yeah, but yeah, I remember early days of hanging out with with he and uh, Lawan Cunningham was living in Ohio for a while too. So the uh-huh. two other would be there for whatever reason. I interviewed Todd for one of my first zines that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sitting in a McDonald's, and I asked some goofy question about you know if you're riding out in a field and getting all rad. You know, some girl walks by, you know, like, what trick would you do? And who would that girl be? Whatever. And he'd name this a no-footer or something easy so he wouldn't wreck. And then as far as the girl, he said, it would be my mom. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. to this day, <laughs> to this day, could Todd will comment on some picture I put up or something. Any chance he gets, he'll mention my mom in the comment. And I've, I've always, over the years, I've shown it to my mom. Like, Mom, look at this dude talking about you on here. Just not that it matters or whatever, but... <laughs> But yeah, he'll any opportunity to bring my mom into a conversation. It seems like he takes. Oh my god! But he's he's a funny dude. I I like I like Todd. You know, and I'm I'm not necessarily into the 26 inch bikes and the wheelies and that whole thing and all that stuff. But that dude, you know, to me, he's always been. In my eyes, it seems like he's always been genuine. He is who mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. He's living a good life. He's got his his wife and his his little daughter. And mm-hmm. you know, that dude yeah. that dude doesn't pretend to be. You're fine. That dude doesn't pretend to be somebody that he's not, and I I respect that. He's too. That's Greg Grubbs, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you recognize the glasses? I, I just got a real quick. <laughs> yeah, he had <laughs> He hasn't. Um. Anyway, sorry. But um. So yeah, there, there was a time that Todd took. It was right before we did that interview, maybe mm-hmm. uh, for the zine. Yeah. But uh, Todd and Lawan were taking myself and my buddy Tim Brown. Uh-huh. And Andy Johnson may have been with us as well. But we're going to these trails called the Sand Trails. Mm-hmm. Now, to get out to them, we had to go across this bridge, mm-hmm. which I, I'd never been to these trails before. But we, we hike down through these woods, and we come to this wall. It's blocked off purposely. Yeah. And we crawl around this wall. And I, Todd probably had a water bottle. Lawan, I think, had a shovel. But we get to this bridge, and it is literally it's two iron beams that stretch from this side across a river to the other side mm-hmm. and these things it's a hundred a hundred yards across yeah and it's literally an old bridge so it's an iron beam that you're 10 inches across with rivets down both sides maybe eight or nine feet to the other side was another mm-hmm. iron beam yeah and that was it there was no there's nothing to walk on just these two iron beams every so often there'd be this uh x type bracing between them or whatever but these two start going across this bridge. I think Todd straddled his bike and just started pushing with his feet. Lawan, I think, had his bike on his back wheel, was holding onto the bars with a shovel going across. He just starts walking. And Tim and I are sitting there looking at this thing like, I don't remember Tim's reaction. I remember mine was, well, I was puckered up, man. I was like, are you serious? But I wanted to ride with Todd and Lawan, and I wanted to go see these trails. So, right. so I started... I, I don't know. I was shuffling across this bridge. I don't know, shuffle one foot, scoop the other. Laying on your stomach. <laughs> uh, I was just shy of laying on my stomach. Yes. And mm-hmm. I went out. We probably went about forty feet. We're still in the woods. Mm-hmm. I took maybe three steps, and the ground was already twelve feet down. 
we kept going about 40 feet out and the wood stopped and it just opens up. And it's a river, probably about 40 feet below us. The water's running. And you could see, the water's probably two feet deep. You could see the ground. And I'm standing there and I'm holding my bike like under my armpit like this and just uh, frozen. I was serious. I was frozen. I'm I'm getting nervous thinking about it. (laughs) I was frozen and I'm looking all the way across this river where I got to go. I could barely turn around and look at where I came from Mm -hmm. because I was debating whether to go back or not. Yeah. And I started shuffling across this bridge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course the water's moving down below. It's playing tricks with my brain. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking if I fall off this thing, I'm either going to break both my legs Mm -hmm. or... I'm going to lawn dart into the mud and, and die like an idiot. Like, I'm going to get my head stuck in the mud. It just, I'll be done. But I, I don't know. I made it across that bridge. I don't know how long it took me. I probably missed a meal at some point. But I made it across that bridge. And we rode the trails and had a great time and all that. And, of course, I was nervous as hell because we got to go back. Right. And at some point, Todd mentioned, well, there's a back way to get back. <laughs> you don't have to take the bridge. I'm like, are you serious? Like, well, yeah, I'm taking the back way. And he says, well, it takes longer, this, that. It, it didn't matter. We took the back way coming back. Right. But it's uh, oh, funny. But, yeah, it was later on that night. I was at home, and I, I still remember being at home yeah. hours later. And I was, I was in the bathroom. I was on a shitter. And I was thinking about that bridge, and my legs started shaking, like sitting there thinking about it. And I don't think I ever went back across that bridge because then I knew the back way. And I went back to those trails but never across that bridge again. And I hope the bridge is gone. I hope my son never finds out about the bridge and tries it himself. But yeah, that was should be a rite of passage. Yeah, maybe. But what kind of rite of passage is me dying with my head stuck in the mud? You know, down there in the river. And, and, and as you're gasping your last breaths, you're going to hear about your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Todd, <laughs> your mom would have made it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Oh, man. All right, <laughs> we go from here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we were talking about Ohio. Do you uh, do you have other Ohio stories that are um, that are ones that are uh, important to you? Um, I know we talked about a lot of different fast guys from Ohio. Yeah, there, Ohio had a great a great scene in the late eighties. Um, there are a lot of fast a lot of fast dudes to look up to. Um, you know, as far as the racing goes, there's a, there was such a huge, um, you know, the races had huge turnouts. There were a lot of older dudes between the Wild Man and you had Billy All and Donnie Hire, mm-hmm. Doug Zimmer. Oh um, yeah, you know, Kenny Ocklis. Kenny yeah, the one name that no one can spell. Yeah. I don't care who you are, you cannot spell Kenny <laughs> I think, I can spell. I think it's K I N I Y A L O C T S. Maybe. Wow. But there's Tom and Mike. Those guys were both Ooh. fast. Um, Doug Jika. Oh, yeah. Jim Cravia. Yeah. That's how you pronounce his name, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But then there are other dudes that were super fast, but not as well known as those guys. You had Terry Lee, Eddie Nelson. Yeah. Um, Rick Heiser was fast. Uh, Brian Persinger. I remember that guy. Ron was, Sutton. Ron You're... Sutton got really quick. I raced Ron Sutton as a 14 beginner. Did I've you? got a picture of, of me beating huh. him down to first straight. Uh-huh. Somewhere between 14 and 20. He decided to get really fast, and I stayed the same speed as 14 beginner. Like, I don't it's know. It's not like he beefed up. He was a skinny he guy. He was a skinny dude, but he was quick. Oh, Matt Polkamp. Matt Polkamp. Yeah. Yeah. Matt used to, I read a lot with him growing up. Uh huh. Um, as we got older, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I think, five years older than Matt. Mm hmm. Um, 
but yeah, we had we had parties at my parents' house all the time, and uh-huh. he was part of the Cincinnati crew that would come up, and he would sleep under our pool table mm-hmm. um, during our, our weekend uh, Delaware indoor races. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Ohio had a great scene, um, and again, that was when I was younger, and I would I would watch those guys. And everybody was fast and smooth, and uh-huh. you know, had their cool uniforms on and all that stuff. And I just I ate that stuff up. I mean, I was. You know, I was I was scrawny and and kind of nerdy, I guess. And mm-hmm. those guys had cool uniforms. I had these hockey pants that I wore that had pads from the the knee to the ankle that uh-huh. I'm pretty sure had like a license plate in it or something. It was like a <laughs> solid piece of styrofoam oh, that I could I could race my moto, and then ten minutes later I could have went and blocked hockey pucks later if I wanted to. <laughs> the, the, the pants were ridiculous, but. Uh-huh. But that's that's what I wore with my my fake Diamondback cotton uh, cotton jersey, uh-huh. which I still have. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, that was of that was, that was fun. Yeah. How were how, all right? Besides being smarter than me, that's debatable. How, how did you? It was a little debate, not much. <laughs> how did you know that that it would be a great idea to keep your the oldest, basically, uh, bikes or jerseys or whatever from the very beginning. Um, it's kind I, of a it's, it's a weird question because now you're older, so yeah. it's, you know. But well, when I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm you not sure. I think I was so I was so uh, mesmerized by that stuff. The, the mm-hmm. bikes, the jerseys, everything about BMX to me was cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I was able to latch onto it. Like before, I had BMX. I was into football. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing football. I wasn't good at football, but I loved pro football as a kid, 10, 12 years old, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd read the magazines, and these guys were heroes and untouchable and the uniforms and all that. So when I found BMX and was something I could do, the the heroes of the sport were people you would see at a race, and you could, you could bump elbows with them mm-hmm. standing in the pits if you wanted to. They weren't untouchable people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uniform was something I could buy, and then I could wear it. Right. And and when I did, man, I was one of those kids. I'd stand in front of the mirror and just, you know, the first time I got those Axo Sport pants with my name uh-huh. embroidered on the back, yeah. dude, I probably wore yeah. those things to bed for the first thirty days. <laughs> I mean, I was, I remember getting those pants, and I still have those pants. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was awesome. I loved all that stuff, uh-huh. and I kept a lot of it, but I also don't have a lot of stuff, so I wasn't fully. I wasn't fully aware of, of how much I would want to have that stuff when I got older. Because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is gone. The, the picture Stu Thompson signed for me, it's gone. I yeah. tore it out of a magazine. I hung it on my wall. Uh-huh. It stayed up there for so long. And then I, I probably took it down and threw it away and put a poster of a half-naked girl up there or something. Farrah Fawcett, yeah. I'm guessing. Heather, uh, Heather Cheryl, Thomas. Cheryl Teagues. I had a... Uh, <laughs> you get a little bit older. <laughs> I had Heather Thomas and Heather Locklair and, and just a random... Who knows who's in front of a sports car, in front of a Lamborghini Countach or something? But, <laughs> but yeah, I had all that stuff, and regrettably threw threw a lot of it away too. So yeah, no Partridge but, Family pictures. No, no, <laughs> none of that stuff. <laughs> you know, ninety nine percent of the people listening to this are going, <laughs> yeah, don't know who Partridge Family is. Who the frig is the Partridge? <laughs> that Brady Bunch would be a stretch. The Partridge Family, nobody's gonna know that. No, no, oh man. All right, so uh, one more. Uh, Todd Lyons story, um, and it, it was the it was the Eastern PA one. Yes, uh, you guys ended up going there. Was it just you two? 
went there. I, I want to say it was just. I want to say it was he and I, um, and that was ninety ninety one or ninety two. Mm-hmm. He, I think he may have already been in California. He may have flown home. We probably took my truck. I I don't remember. Uh-huh. But I think it was just he and I drove out there, and we went to Posh, uh-huh. and rode that place. Uh-huh. Um, and I knew of Jay Lonergan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was in the magazines, and, and I knew he was good, or I'd seen him at the races or something. I knew he was good. Uh-huh. There were a lot of dudes there riding that, you know, I studied the magazines, and mm-hmm. if people were good on racing BMX, and they got the picture picture in the magazine, I knew of them. Mm-hmm. So I go to Posh, and there's all these dudes that I think maybe lived out there in, in wood huts or something <laughs> that come yeah. out of nowhere and were riding <laughs> unbelievably. You know, Mach 6, oh, uh, Marky Mark. dude. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's it, Rob Kaufman? I think I put him on the cover of, of Motown. Uh-huh. Um, some kid named Damien. All these, all these kids. I'd never heard them, but they're jumping these evil Knievel jumps uh-huh. through the woods, and I, I couldn't. That stuff was out of my league. I parked my bike and started taking pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Todd, of course, loved it. Right. But uh, Anthony Reyes was there for some reason. Really? He, yeah, he had flown out for that that race, I guess, and he was staying with somebody. He was out there. Bizarre. And he, he had, had, he had he, been twelve years old. He was. He was a kid, <laughs> and he was jumping forty feet through the air, oh dude. It was gosh. crazy. It was wow. crazy watching those guys jump that stuff. Uh-huh. They had something called a ski jump. I'm just like, no, oh, yeah. where do I park my bike? Is out of the way for you guys. And it yeah. Was tr- yeah. But it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Then we went to the national in Bethlehem. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that was you know that was cool, and and again hanging hang with Todd who I still kind of he was in Go magazine all the time, you know riding freaking awesome, uh-huh. but you know he's friends with all these you know Brian Fosters and all these other you know pros are out there and stuff and he you know he's buddies with them and yeah. hey I'm here with him so you know I kind of get to to hang with those guys as well which is cool, uh-huh. um, and then on top of that that trip we ended up at. Joe Rich's house. Uh-huh. I had no idea who Joe Rich was. Yeah. Just some dude had a mini ramp in his backyard. Uh-huh. And to think that I was in Joe Rich's backyard riding a mini ramp with that dude, but uh-huh. I had no idea. I didn't take a single picture out there. Yeah. Um, then I hope I'm remembering that correctly. That would, I would be unfortunate if I found out that that was Joe Schmo, not Joe Rich. But, right. But I'm pretty sure it was his house, his backyard. Uh-huh. Uh, we rode around town with the Butt Brothers. Oh gosh! Yeah. Um, didn't didn't see any of their shows or anything that particular weekend. I, I saw it at, at Memphis, Tennessee, one year, but that um, yeah, that was you know it was just it was a, it was a good time. Yeah, that, we so we can probably skip time. over that. Yeah. That, was, that was an odd time yeah. in BMX history. <laughs> that was an odd time. Were really, everybody. It was it was pre jackass days, but yeah. it was definitely jackass. People discovering yeah, themselves, we'll yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, East Coast destruction. East Coast destruction. Yeah, East never CD. die. Yeah, never <laughs> die. <laughs> I've still got that video at home, too. Do you? Yes. All right. I'm going to zone you in on a couple questions here Ooh, okay. uh, because, uh, you know what? I'd like to hit some John Lee questions. You may have to unlock that for me again. All right. And uh, how cool is that to have Stu sitting in on Dude, this? Yeah. Seriously, that's unbelievable to me. And just to sit here and like listen to his stories, like yeah, you know, cut the cut the tape or whatever. I just I'll sit here and listen to him <laughs> yeah. tell stories and well, obviously I, I wanted to get going with you, but I'm like, 
This, yeah, this we may be a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, deal. you don't pass on that opportunity to, yeah. to talk to me about local Ohio racing. <laughs> that was freaking over, awesome. <laughs> over, over, yeah, over a Stu Thompson story, nope. I wasn't going to let you. And he was getting more and more interested the yes. more we talked. And the voice was getting a little yeah. louder. Well, he's going to get tired out there, and he's going to come back in here. And, yeah, we could know. have him wrap it up. See what he really thinks of Greg Hill. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear some <laughs> dirt, man. Let's hear some dirt. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. I take that back. We're not, we're not doing the uh, Greg Hill thing. Um, <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm, I'm honored to be sitting in here with Stu Thompson telling stories uh, over my shoulders. I, yeah. It's great. Well, I took a video with your phone of you and me. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We'll um, post it up for everybody. All right. Um, so before I start with some John Lee uh, questions, which is really cool because John Lee is such an awesome guy. Yeah. He, and he just, he, uh, you, know, you know how the saying goes, you know, real knows real, you know, and he, he, uh, he absolutely follows you and, and is... Uh, He's as much of a fan of BMX. Well, I don't know if he could be as much of a fan of BMX as you are. I think you're a super fan of BMX, but we'll that'll get sorted out as we yeah. as we talk because you've done some pretty pretty cool stuff. You know, taking some taking some chances to travel and experience different areas of the country that were really it, the travel was driven by BMX, right? Yeah, it wasn't done because a, several moves the and move or, yeah. Right, but the move was for for BMX. BMX. Yes. Yeah, you don't hear that too often, and I think it's great because I think people should do that. You know, it's like we talked about my son before, and, mm-hmm. and you know, doing spreading his wings a little bit and trying out a different state. Yeah. You know, at, at nineteen, I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I did it. I'm back in my hometown where I grew up, mm-hmm. but I I have zero regrets about the moves I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may have regretted it at the time because some of the moves are very short. But looking back, I'm glad I did it, and they're, yeah. they're fun memories. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's hit these because you have a lot of questions, and uh, you and I talk enough that my questions are probably not nearly as interesting as theirs <laughs> because I've already asked these questions. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, he here's here's a good one to start with. John Lee wants to know what is your most memorable BMX race and why, local or national. Hmm. My um. Well, my mo- most memorable national, mm-hmm. and I'll get I'll get somewhat specific here. 1988 Christmas National, mm-hmm. and I've I've got video from that national. I've posted some of that up on my Instagram. I don't know a couple years ago, mm-hmm. just far back there. Yeah. Um, but I was a 16 novice. Mm-hmm. So I was of the age where, um, of the age and in a, in a spot in BMX where I had lots of heroes mm-hmm. as a 16 novice, I wasn't good. So as far as magazines go and stuff and showing up at the races, man, I'd, I would show up at Christmas nationals and see people like Stu and, uh-huh. and Greg and, you know, just all these pros and amateurs too. And it was just like, you know, all my heroes mm-hmm. are in this building. Yeah. We're all hanging out together. It's Christmas time. I'm happy to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. I love Christmas time. Yeah. Christmas nationals, you got Christmas decorations all over the place. Um, but at that age and, and in that novice class, I was doing good. All right. So, right. so between the President's Cup and the Nationals, I was making the mains. Uh-huh. I was taking on trophies. I was winning some motos. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was wearing a. I still remember I had. 
Ohio NBL sweatpants that I was uh-huh. racing in, and I had a hooded sweatshirt that my mom had made me with a, a painted thing of Greg Hill jumping something on the front of it, and it had my name on the back. Um, but yeah, I was racing around in sweatpants and sweatshirts. I mean, uh-huh. I couldn't have been more comfortable. You know, right. so I'd race my moto and I'd go sit up in the stands and watch some races. And, uh-huh. you know, it was just that time of the year, that race. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, my, my dad would be in town that week. Um, mm-hmm. So we would stay with, stay with them and he and my brother would take me to that race. Yeah. Uh, they would sit up in the stands, bored out of their minds for 14 hours a day. Uh-huh. And and I'd run around with my BMX buddies and, yeah. and race bikes, and then I'd go down and and get a slice of pizza and some ice cream, and maybe go to the the game room they had down there and play yeah, some yeah. Kung Fu Master or something. I just I loved every single minute of that week. That was a it was a wild place, I mean, because it was perfect. It was. You never had to leave that building. Yep. Everybody was contained right there. Yeah, you're either, you're either at the food court or you're yep. at the, or you're watching. Yep. You know, watching from uh, from above with that, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the mezzanine, I yes. guess you could say, yeah. seating. And it was, it was like the first big race since the Grands, at least mm-hmm. for me it always was. So it was kind of like a, you know, it had been a few yeah. months since I'd seen seen a lot of people. And right. So it was just, it was right. a cool vibe. What about a local? Could you pick a local? Uh, local, I remember doing a, a race Ohio mm-hmm. race, which was a series they ran, eight to ten races. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did good enough, you'd, you'd get a satin jacket, uh-huh. which which I got two of them. Yeah, still at home in the closet. Of course. Um, but I I went to one as it was when I was fourteen beginner, and I showed up and I saw the trophy. When I walked through registration and signed up, I saw the trophies. Mm-hmm. First place trophy was two feet high. To yeah. me, it was ten feet high. Right. But I saw that thing and I thought, oh my god, I want that trophy so bad I can barely stand it. That'd be taller than any trophy my stepdad has I'll mm-hmm. set it up on the mantle so everybody can look at it and we'll, we'll bow to it every morning I uh-huh. wanted that trophy and let's see was that race I had had um, in gym class at school uh-huh. we're all running around and I was running for a ball and I bent down to pick it up well a few people I think accidentally ran into the back of me and as they ran into the back of me I looked up and I got shoved right into the metal door frame of a Ooh. door well, it split my head. Oh, God. It split my forehead open. I got 21 stitches. Oh, my God. And that was, that was the week before this race. And yeah, I, yeah. I told my mom that I got to race this race. It's race Ohio. I want to race it. Yeah. She reluctantly let me go race it. Without her? But, um, Did she go or no? Uh, she was there. Yeah. Because I've, I've got pictures from that day that she took. Um, With tied lines. No, he wasn't in any of those pictures. <laughs> I had to keep him away from my mom. <laughs> right. But, uh, so, yeah, I went to that race, and we had, we had quarters in the 14 beginner class. No way. We had in motos, 14. quarters, semi, and main, and I ended up winning the whole thing. I won the main event. Whoa. I took home that two-foot trophy, and I kept oh, it really? until I was in my 30s, and it got busted up from, and during a move or something. It got busted up to the, yeah. to the point of uh, no longer being salvageable. But, right. But yeah, that was that was a big one. Um, I've always remembered that one. Yeah, enjoyed it. In, in fact, I crossed the finish line. I did a fist pump. Nah. And my mom <laughs> took a picture of the fist pump. That's the only time I I've ever you fist posted pumped. that. I did. <laughs> That's, That's the like... only time I've ever fist pumped across the finish line. Uh, so. By the way, people, anyone listening, you know, I, I'm friends with Brian, but we absolutely connected because Brian is he posts the best stuff, and there's always some pretty good sarcasm or self-deprecating <laughs> humor it's 
his account is is really uh, just really fun to to check out. And if you dig back further, uh, yeah, you got to you got to go use, back. I don't post yeah. as much as I used to. I kind of ran out of pictures. But if you feel like scrolling back through four years worth of pictures. You know, all my good stuff was back then. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then it and then it kind of yeah, then turned, it turned into, into videos, the, and yeah. it turned into modern day, and then it turned into pictures of me, you know, getting fifth in a local race or something. I don't right. know what to I post right. now, but so B, is your account private or no? No. All right. So B O N E A U two ten on Instagram. So uh, definitely check it out. And the pictures you have of everyone from. Scotty Oakleet to you. You knew which races to yeah. take pictures of, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, it, because you you took pictures of the guys that that everyone would still love to see today. You know, I, I don't know if I said Ryan Gaska, but Strelicky Oakleet Gaska. Um, there was just so many good battles, and yeah. you had pictures of all of them. Uh, including, jeez, uh, Brian Foster. You have great pictures of Brian Foster. Yeah. I mean, and I think well, you were a little bit ahead of your time in taking pictures of him because I don't think he was. I don't think people realized quite how good he was at that point. Although, if he was on Cyclecraft, yes, yeah, you would. There are a lot, a lot of Strelacki, um, Foster, certainly Gaska. I mean, yeah. if I saw those dudes up on the gate, I couldn't mm-hmm. get to the infield quick enough. Right, right, right. And, you know, all those dudes, you know, yeah. and their uniforms are cool. McManus and Cyclecraft and, yeah. and uh, Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, all those dudes, man. I, I, I couldn't take enough pictures of those guys. Unfortunately, that was film cameras. Uh, yeah. You know, so I'd take three rolls of film to a race. And, right, right. You know, I'd get back and I'd have to develop it with, with the no money that I had. Right, right. Um, <laughs> So you couldn't take pictures like you could today, but I'm, yeah. I'm fortunate I got the ones I got, and, yeah. and wish I had more. But yeah, well, is what it is. Yep. All right, so I'm gonna keep ripping along here because you've okay. you've got a bunch. Yeah, you get me talking, then I. No, don't worry. I'm gonna veer off in different we got, directions. We got it under control. We'll get our couple laps in. That'll make us hungry for whatever Bill is. Uh, Bill's gonna have in store for us for dinner. All right. Um, John Lee, still, have you ever taken a long hiatus from racing? If so, what brought you back to racing? Uh, I've taken a couple. I I, I kind of quit racing in two thousand. Mm-hmm. And with the rest of the world, it seems. Yeah, I quit in two thousand and and came back in oh four. Um, so that was you know four years, and I still kind of rode, but. Yeah. I, I don't know. I had done some some dumb shit uh, decisions, personal decisions, mm-hmm. um, kind of ruined some friendship relationships and stuff within BMX, and it just kind of steered me away from it for a while. Yeah. Um, and then in '04, I uh, got broken up with a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I just I got that you know the motivation that comes with with the effort attitude where you just you know. Mm-hmm. What else do I got going? I started training, yeah. doing sprints, going to the gym, doing all this stuff that makes you better at BMX. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that summer, I hit I think ten nationals that summer. Mm-hmm. Like one, I hit one regional, um, and it was a two day thing, whatever. Yeah. So I hit a regional and four other races, and then I went to the grands, and I just missed. I think it was like twenty four and over expert or something. Uh huh. Just missed the main event. I want to say fifth, maybe sixth in the in a semi. Mm-hmm. which was better than I'd ever done. Um, and then I raced open as well, and I actually made the 30 and over open main. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I remember crossing the finish line in the semi, and Barry McManus was in third, and I was in fourth. And he was stoked because he had just kind of come back to BMX after a break. I was stoked because I'm in a main event. Right. And Barry was so stoked, he turned around, and, and we hugged it out. And I'm just like, dude, like I just made a main at the Grands. <laughs> I got Barry McManus celebratory hugs with me. I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. This is awesome. And you know, yeah. I got up on the gate, and I, I got like six or something in the main event. But yeah. but I was like, you know, it's Solon Foster and Bill Madden and Eric yeah. Rupin crashed in his semi. I didn't make it. But Bill Madden must have been ninety then. Barry McManus, he they went ninety. <laughs> Dude, he was fast. <laughs> I know. But I was I was Bill stoked Madden to have my name on there. And then yeah. seriously, on my drive home, you know, I went to the race by myself. Uh-huh. I raced. I made the one main, whatever. Right. National twenty one in class that year, uh-huh. and on the drive home, I just I hit burnout halfway between Louisville and Columbus. I hit a burnout, man. I just you know nobody even to celebrate this with. They just uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I got home and and I ended up buying a dirt bike, uh huh, and started racing. I'd, I'd never ridden a dirt bike before, but I bought uh-huh. one. Yeah, I started racing it a month later. Yeah, and it was fun. I had a buddy that that I was doing that with, and uh-huh. it was fun, but it was. For one, I almost killed myself multiple times, yeah, um, yeah. and it was just it was too much. You know, it just yeah. to to haul the dirt bike here and there, and it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And you can't hang out on a dirt bike and talk with your buddies like on a BMX. Yeah, you know, yeah. loud as hell. You got all this gear on. You can't right. can't hear. But it was right. So it was different. I did that for a couple of years though. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a break, and then I did a long break from '09 when I moved back to Ohio from from Phoenix. I took a break from '09 till probably '16. Uh-huh. So that was that was a long break, and that was, I don't know, somewhere in there I bought a house, I got married, I had a kid, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I did growing up stuff for a while, and then and then I just, I missed it, and yeah. you know, I was yeah. ready to, to kind of get back to it, and yeah. and once I did, strictly for the the intent of, I'm going to go have fun and do this, and it's been that since then, so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I should switch gears and talk about Arizona, so... Uh, what made you decide to, to go to Arizona? Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there because I, I definitely want to hear about you visiting uh, ABA at the time uh, in, in Chandler. Yes. But uh, what, what, what drew you to Arizona? Uh, uh, nothing in particular. I, I was dating a girl and living with a girl, and mm-hmm. we decided we were tired of Ohio. Um, and I was up for whatever. I was I was good to go wherever I was. Like I said, I wasn't riding BMX. I was riding dirt bikes, and mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't care. Let's go wherever. And yeah. I started talking about Florida. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to do that because it was too hot and humid. She said, "Yeah." Um, so okay, you pick a place. I don't really care. So she picked Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I said, "Okay, I can transfer out there easy enough. So let's let's do it." So November of '06, we moved out there and got an apartment in Chandler which was two miles down the street from Chandler's BMX track. I drove, I drove down there and checked that out, and I was instantly, you know, I got to put a bike back together. That, that place looks yeah. awesome. You know, the track yeah. looks awesome. Plus, they, they're getting ready to build the Chandler Bike Park, which is, was a mile or two up the road from the track. Uh-huh. But I was stoked on the track. Yeah. Um, and I went, I went to the track a couple of days after we moved there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm ready to ride the track. I want to ride it. You know, in Ohio, you go to a track, you ride it anytime you want. Well, you go out to Chandler, and that wasn't the case. But they were, they were doing clinics that night. Uh-huh. Uh, a local A pro Dominic Therian was doing a, a clinic out there. Uh-huh. And he told me, I said, yeah, we're doing a, a beginner's clinic. I said, I just want to ride this track. He said, well, we're doing an expert and novice clinic 
you know, an hour later. Uh-huh. So, so, okay, I'm going to go get dinner, and I'll come back, and I'll sign up for your clinic because I just want to ride this track. Yeah. So I did that, and, you know, I went and stuffed myself full of Domino's pizza or something and, and got back on, got on the track for this clinic, and I took off down to first straight, and in my... I don't know, mentally handicapped brain thought, you know, I can still do this, whatever. I jumped this jump into the first turn and, you know, I did one of those stiff-legged leaning to the side things and I swear I saw my back wheel pass me up in the air (laughs) and I just, I went down the ship. I white-knuckle gripped it and I went down head first into ground. Oh, big cloud of dust. Um, Went down like a ton of bricks. Uh Uh-huh. My girlfriend told me later that, that the kids up on the gate where, you know, every oh, and the kids up on the gate were like, oh, it was the new kid. The new kid. There I was, 30, I think 35 years old, laying in a heat pile on the first turn, <laughs> thinking that I could still just hop on the BMX bike and, and you know, pick up where I left oh, off, and that man. wasn't the case. But I, I went there every, I think I went to that track every week for two and a half years. And it, the track was fun. Uh-huh. You know, you'd go on a practice night, and it was like a national practice. I mean, you Andy Contest is out there, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, Kim Hayashi lived out there. Um, yeah. They're just some fast people. Fast people you never even heard of out there, just blowing your doors off. But they, it was it was fun just to ride. Track. I didn't really race a whole lot out there, but I, I rode mm-hmm. the track a lot. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm thinking of a different era. Scratch that. Um, so, uh, all right. So, so you racked and you're like, holy cow, I'm really not that good at this, but I still love it. Yep. So, did you pull yourself back up and, and yeah, get I, back into it? I, I kept going out there, and I raced. I think I raced a state race out there at the track one time. Mm-hmm. I went up to Black Mountain and raced a couple of the nationals, and just got my butt kicked. I just got yeah. kicked. I went out west coast a couple times. I went to, uh, I think I went up to uh, Sacramento once. Roseville, I raced up there one time. Mm-hmm. Um, this was during that time. This that you yeah, were from, out of Arizona. I was in Arizona from November of '06 mm-hmm. to June of '09. Okay. So two and a half years. Uh-huh. And during that time, I did. I made my way out to California, raced up in Roseville, mm-hmm. raced, I think, was it Sac- not Sacramento. I don't know. Somewhere else out there near L.A. They had a national. I went out there, got my butt kicked there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, I was on the gate with, like, Barry Beltbuckle, yeah. Nielsen, whatever. And that dude, right. I mean, that was a reality check. Yeah. I just got my yeah. butt handed to me. Right. Um, but I went, right. went to a couple old school things out there. met Anthony Sewell out there. Um, you know, just talking to that dude. You know, sure. I, I went, took my old bikes and my magazines, whatever, and he'd come up, flip through my magazines, and you know, found a couple old pictures of himself on there. And he's talking about his cover on BMX Action and stuff uh-huh. like that. And, um, so it's just kind of cool seeing those dudes that I had, you know, never seen, never run into before. Sure. Um, you know, ran into Richie Anderson, who was uh-huh. my instructor at Woodward back in 1987. So, wow. you know, talked to that dude for a while. Um, saw Ronnie Anderson at a race one time. Ooh. But yeah, all these dudes yeah. that, you know, I remembered from when yeah. I was young, but never never saw anymore. Yeah. How did they both end up in Arizona? Well, that, that was in California. Oh, Ron, I'm sorry. Ron, no, Ronnie I saw up in uh, Roseville, mm-hmm. which is where he lived up around there. He came out I just guess. to watch the races, I think. Yeah. Richie I saw at that race in Southern California, which I, got I keep wanting to say Sacramento. It wasn't Sacramento. Um, but... Well, it, it's funny because uh, Ronnie actually did end up in Arizona later on. Oh, did like, he? Most recently, okay. I believe. And I think uh, Richie, I, I don't remember where he is, but Richie Anderson's daughter, daughter is like is, crazy yeah. fast. Yeah. Like, 
She's got a bunch she's of like, number yeah, one titles. She's like this, he was when he was younger, just winning everything and yeah. all the time. She may have even won number one girl. I think she, I think she got number year. one girl cruiser, maybe? Yeah, Danica. Yes. I think it's Danica yeah. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was uh, confusing dates, but uh, actually, no, um, we didn't go through the ABA visit, right? Mm-hmm. To the office, did we? Uh, we did not. I, I, yeah, I, I, think I, I think I probably saw Shannon Gillette at the track. Mm-hmm. He or maybe Greg Leisure or somebody. I saw somebody at the track. Got uh-huh. permission to come over there and check out the offices. I just wanted to, just wanted to go see it. Yeah. And you know, I went in there and uh, somebody gave me a tour of the place, uh-huh. and just kind of walked around, said hi to some people, and you know, they had all the pictures of uh, like the Grands track from every year was hang, hung up on the walls. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I got back to the back area where they printed up all the banners and stickers and all this stuff. Check that mm-hmm. out shirts and stuff maybe um and then eventually ended up there was a room a very disorganized room with shelves and just piled their pictures i remember their pictures everywhere mm-hmm. very disorganized yeah and just kind of you know flipping through some of that and i, I want to say it was shannon was showing me like oh here's a picture of you know rl osborne osborne doing a uh, a freestyle show at, at chandler's bmx track in 1980 something or whatever oh okay yeah. And just a random picture, not like a super rad picture, but a random picture. And I thought, mm-hmm. man, this is what a gold mine this room is. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I could have kicked him out of there and locked the door behind me and just sat down, and looked at these pictures. Right. Because right. to to me, it, yeah, it was a gold mine. Right. I don't but, know if uh, they're important texts or not. So I was just no, gonna I didn't see it. Doesn't matter. Okay. But uh, uh, so yeah, yeah it, uh, it was it was cool. It was a cool place to visit. Yeah. Um, so they had some they had some history secured at that time before Gork even did what he did, yeah. which was this yeah. Because at that time Gork library. was at, at Redline. Yeah. Um, I think he went to Redline shortly after I moved out there. Mm-hmm. So he was at Redline when I was when I was out there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what they've done with the sense. Probably I'm sure they've organized it somehow because they seem to have more of a. I think they did it even museum. Uh, some somewhat, from what I understand, I mean, it's a, it's very organized from what yeah. I, from what I've heard, by Gork, uh, and I think they pretty much have everything there. They're yeah. they're they've uh, they have complete sets, and they're not they're not sending any of it to Chad Powers. No, really, to fill his his collection. By the way, thanks for sponsoring the podcast, Chad Powers. Thanks, Chad Powers Bike Shop. He's cool, uh, dude. I knew there was somewhere to work him into this in the <laughs> middle because you we know how, you know how on real podcasts like you actually you can anticipate when the commercials are yeah. so you can quickly hit the fifteen second fifteen uh-huh. second and forward through. No, I, I got you guys. Our blood. You yeah, no, I'm smooth. Sneak it up on this Yeah, I sneak it right in there, <laughs> right in. And you never know what's coming next. Um, I did meet Gork a couple times when I was out there though. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out. He come out, it must have been for a race or something. I saw him at a race, and mm-hmm. I knew he was flying back out yeah. the next day or whatever. And I asked, are you flying southwest, which is where I work? He said, yes. Yeah. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll buy you lunch mm-hmm. if I sit I sit upstairs with you and you tell me old stories about BMX action. You know, just anything about the old days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we we did that. And the next day, I met him upstairs at Wendy's or something and, and bought uh-huh. him lunch and you know, asked him silly questions about the, the magazine back in the day, but I really? I wanted to yeah I wanted to be Gork when I was uh huh you know late eighties yeah or, you know yeah during BMX action I thought he had the coolest job in the world I I realized pretty quick that I wasn't going to be the top pro BMX racer mm-hmm. and I was okay with that 
there was a part of me that wanted Gork's job mm-hmm. more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to go to the, the bike tests and all the trails and, yeah. you know, yeah. hang with the pros and the magazine was so rad and all that stuff. I mean, I, I thought that was cool. And it's not like the guy can't ride or, right. you know, he, back then couldn't, couldn't ride. He was riding. Yeah, like he, he was, was riding. He was doing some bike testing, wasn't he? Well, he, I, I know he used to race a, a cruiser mm-hmm. back in back in those days. Um, he was a tall guy. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. I don't know how well he did with it, whatever. But but he, you know, he was in the scene, mm-hmm. uh, and I just I thought that was a cool job. And what yeah what he did with BMX Action and and the Dream Team over there with AJ Lou and Spike, what they did with freestyling, <laughs> and then when they merged together and put Go together, I mean that was mm-hmm. just that magazine was so yeah so cool to me yeah that that's you know i want to be a part of that but the guy is has talent i mean it's he's had talent for years um i i don't know a, a guy like him has he they got to find a way to put him in the hall of fame who Gork? If, if he isn't already i think he may be already all right don't hold me to that We'll but, get, yeah, if he's not, he, I, I definitely think he should Oh, be. we'll take care of it if yeah, he's not. We yeah, we'll take care of it. I, we have our ways. We've gotten a couple Nora Cup wins just by a little bit of handling. Yeah, a little yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. you don't think Trails Warrior <laughs> and Jay Long are going to got it for nothing. I mean, it's, You know some people that know I, some people, don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever it takes. Hans Nissen's next. I'm yeah. <laughs> And I, in fact, I think one of the questions for you was, and this would have been from Nick Rodriguez asking, uh, let's see, was it to you? Because now I have to, uh, I have to find this. But um, yeah, this is from Nick Nick Rod. He wants to know if you know Hans Nissen. I know you know Hans Nissen. I know of him. I don't know him personally. Yeah, well, of course I, I know of him. If I, I knew him personally, Joe, hey. I'd have him call you on your birthday. Well, you know, because I, I know that would mean a lot to you. It would mean an awful lot, but um, I think really the issue here is that um, I know him, but I can only learn so much looking through his windows. It's you know, yeah, I've fallen off of two ladders <laughs> just trying to just trying Find to sneak. Out something. Yeah, I'm putting like the cup up to the to the glass and trying to hear what he's talking about. All I know of him is the electrical tape on his helmet. The Chewbacca, Chewbacca armbrace. Yeah, Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he made some big, he made he some did. big mains. That's why everyody, you know, people that uh, pick up on my, my fascination with, with Hans Niss, and uh, they, they know why. First of all, he rode for the craziest brand, VDC. With, they had the top tube and the bottom tube that came through the head uh-huh. tube. And I had a VDC cruiser that I had bought from somebody. And, and like, like an idiot, I, I traded up. Uh, I got rid of it. But, uh, but Hans Nissen was the guy that would not move from um, Iowa, right? Pretty sure it was I Iowa. I think it was Iowa. Um, he wouldn't move from Iowa and become the, you know, the California pro. Mm-hmm. The guy was huge. I mean, he was a, or is, a, well, actually, he's, he's a little smaller now, but he's a, he's a, a big guy. Yeah. And uh, he had a way of making some of the biggest mains. It yeah. Was, I make the, the pro main at the ABA Grands. Yeah. Which is, that's huge. And the, he got a number one cruiser title. Uh, but yeah, he'd be the dude up there in like the, some regular t shirt looking thing. Mm hmm. You know, in between a GT jersey and a Haro jersey. Yep. But then there's with a Chewbacca strap and yeah. electrical tape. You yeah. Know who else was uh, I always was kind of impressed with was Cody Smart. 
Mm. He was still fast as his day. He's still yeah, yeah. blazing today. He made the man at the Grands. He made the man at AB Grands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's pictures of him, like, down the first straight with, like, Pistol Pete, you know, two feet behind him. Whatever. Yeah. And he's wearing yeah. a shirt like what I would have wore to, like, my eighth grade school picture or something. <laughs> you know, he's another yeah. one that, that was in between the factory jerseys. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about that dude either, but. <laughs> no, no, man. Those guys are making some big mains. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about Cody Smart. I mean, it's really it's it's all Hans Nissen and Todd Slavic. I mean, it's Todd Slavic. He is bad, dude. Yeah, he, yeah, he is, had he had some he pictures. Is. He had pictures in magazines. I'm just like that is awesome. I'll I, lean back, way I, behind I, his bike. His seat post was sticking I, up like three feet. I think he did the original BMX scrub. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was there's a this. Good picture of him around. Um, he didn't do it like Brian I'll, Foster did. I'll find it. He didn't do it like that scrub, that poster that Delecky, I think Delecky yeah, took that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is like full-on racing. This is... Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll find the picture. Right. I mean, Brian Brian Foster's is, is definitely... that. That's like pedal almost touching yeah. the dirt. I mean, it was... That's a, a motocross-looking scrub. Yeah, yeah. But this was a long time ago. This is when he was racing for like MH, oh, MH really? racing, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's going down the first. It looks to be first rate because there's still people around, and he's got that bike sideways, keeping that it get keeping it as low as the ground as possible. Yeah. So, anyway. do you see that picture of Slavic on the MH I've got from? Um, oh, what was the name of that track? I don't remember what it was, but it was a color photo. It was a rare color photo I had from back in the day. Oh, okay. But it was. I'm sure he did. Uh, I think it was Pistol Pete. I think Slab because it was like yeah. an ugly purplish pinkish MH yeah. gear that he was wearing or yeah, something. Yeah. But it's the same. It was a crappy. It was a crappy picture. But yeah. Um, all right. So so of course you know Hansness, and I don't think you're quite sharing. Yeah. I know. The, uh, I know of him. The interest. The 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 fan. No, I, the, I didn't have the VDC. I didn't ride a VDC. I didn't. I didn't really know much of him. Nothing's better than the total unconventional BMXer showing up on the gate and just... That's true. And just although everybody. Although at that era, for me, I was still starstruck with like the big guy, the big names. Yeah. Like I was yeah, a Pistol yeah. Pete fan. Yeah. I was probably still yeah. riding my Group 1 RS1. Like, yeah. I posted you know. that picture when I announced this podcast. Yeah. And oh, you, yeah. And people have to read that. I, I honestly, I <laughs> fantasized that Pete would get like a flat tire and then be like, hey... Brian Bono, I need to borrow your bike. Like I, I seriously, I probably slept at the track that night. Like I hope he gets a flat and he has to use my bike and he wins the main event. He would peel the tires off your rims, (laughs) dude. I had Robinson forks that had the the uh, dropout went straight out the bottom of the forks. Oh, like the old Mongoose ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because when I got hit by the car, I destroyed my Diamondback forks, and I bought those Uh, Robinson forks, and they uh, transferred over to my Haro because. Those forks were scary that were on there. Yeah. But, um. They just pinched the metal at the bottom. Yeah. And cut out of it. But yeah, dude, I was, I was a Pistol Pete fan. Uh, I mean, yeah. Dude, if you look at that picture, I couldn't have been skinnier and scrawnier and goofy. Uh huh. So, you know, I looked at this dude. He's like a freaking yeah. Goliath, you know, BMX yeah. Pro Racer, number one, everything. Uh huh. Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted right. to be that big muscle guy and, and awesome yeah. on a bike. And he and, uh, Rich Bartlett. Mm-hmm. He was another one I used to daydream like, man, I want to be Rich Barlett. Nobody messes with that dude. Yeah. Who's gonna mess with that dude? Oh, he's Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, he's huge. You know, and then I was you know, the wind blew and I'd tip over. I'm just like, man, I want to be one yeah. like those dudes. Well, that's what I love, and this is why people. And, and part of the reason I'm I'm interviewing you 
for the podcast is because <laughs> if you look at the picture that you posted um, of you standing next to Pistol Pete, mm-hmm. And then what you wrote underneath, it's hilarious. It's that you've been training with Pistol yeah, right. Pete. <laughs> Your best buddies and yeah. training partners. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's this stuff is, is priceless. If people, I, I just hope people scroll back and just keep uh, going back. Maybe back. I Go should, down the rabbit maybe hole. Maybe I should start over and just start reposting all the same pictures. You could. Because I had like you 20 could. followers and 10 of them liked that picture or something. Because like, like the very back first back. picture is like me, Harry Larry, Eddie King, Doug mm-hmm. Davis. Yeah. All hanging out like we're best buds, you know. Because yeah. those were my yeah. first two. Right? Harry, Larry, Eddie King. Those were my first two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had the picture of the GT team, yeah. which none of those none of those guys even budged from their seat. You know, I just kind of <laughs> shuffled in behind them. It was like, Mom, take take my picture with my boys, my buds. <laughs> and oh, like David, I mean, these dudes were younger than I was. First but, generation. You know, like Dave Milham and Chicken George Seavers, yeah. Danny Nelson. Right, uh, right, but there are kids, right, and there right. are kids with this slightly older, goofy kid standing behind them, like, yeah, you know, yeah. goofy grin on my face. Justin Green, maybe. Uh, I don't think he, he was that? in that picture. Um, Not yet. Right. Not but yeah, there were there were a few of them. There, uh, in he Lee, Corky Gainsford was in that picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I did, man. I, I ran around and took pictures, and that was and, first generation photo bombing. Yeah. Back then. Heck yeah. Yeah. You knew how to work your way in there. <laughs> it's just, I had no shame. Like, right. what's up, dudes? Let's take a picture together. Right. Me either. If Hanson isn't going to open the door, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, just, I'll just... It's got to come out sometime, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll just talk through the window. <laughs> anyway, yeah, everyone gets to their hero somehow. Yep, yep. That's yeah. the other part of doing a zine. A zine legal. gave me an excuse to talk to some of these guys that, that I thought were just so, oh, yeah. so rad on a bike. The, you know, if I didn't have the zines, like, what do I have to talk to them about? Yeah, I, I didn't know what to go to people to say. Well, but, I mean, you show them your credentials. I'm, well, from, yeah. Mo, I'm from Motown it's, Zine. It's a zine yeah. I'm trying to make here, man. So I got interviews with Lions, Billy All, Robbie Morales, uh-huh. um, and Matt Polkamp. Yeah. You know, a couple of them I was friends with anyway. But, yeah. yeah. But, um, and the ABA Grands, the year I went to the ABA Grands, I, I tried to get out on the infield. And I think, mm. I, ta- I think his name is Dugan Fennell. And he had a cowboy hat. And I remember talking to him. I was like, man, I got to trying to make a zine this is like promotion for your event you know right, and i really right. tried to sell it and it didn't work i didn't get out there but uh, uh but yeah I, yeah i tried that approach a couple times mm-hmm. so all right i'm going to give you a, a couple compliments oh, yeah. and then we'll go back to a few more john lee questions then we'll okay. hit a few others uh scott yokelet he just wanted to tell you that you are a solid dude. Looking forward to hearing the podcast. Yokelet's a cool dude. Let me tell this quick story about it. the first time I ever met Yokelet. I didn't even meet him. First time I guess I saw him mm-hmm. was at Hilliard Indoor in Ohio. Uh huh. And I was 14 beginner, and I think like the second straightaway had this tabletop. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was novice. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Uh-huh. But I was I was jumping this tabletop. I was getting a foot of air. Uh-huh. I was occasionally pulling a can can on this thing. I was I was pretty hot shit. Yeah. And I was going down the second straight. I hit that jump, and all of a sudden, like I somebody yelled at me right before I hit it. And as I jumped, I felt this presence. I kind of like looked out of the corner of my eye, and I saw a tire, like the bottom of a tire, yeah, going past my face, like past my helmet. And they <laughs> yeah. land, and I'm looking, and it's this kid. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. I think is about three years younger than I am. So yeah. I was probably fourteen, which means he was eleven. Uh-huh. So he not only jumped the jump, but he he jumped me as I was jumping the jump. <laughs> um, yeah. But he landed, kept going. I just holy shit, who was this kid? And it was Yokelet, eleven year old Yokelet, 
jumping over me while I'm trying to <laughs> showcase for the fans. I love and, <laughs> but that was the first time I saw him. And, yeah. and after that, he was he was on my radar. I, I would watch him, and you know, whenever he would come over to Ohio to yeah to race at. But and as we got older, being so close, we we ended up in the same places, and I I got to know him pretty good. Yeah, in our twenties, I guess. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But yeah, he's a good dude. It's, it's always it's always cool to see him right. wherever wherever we run into each other. Well, he is. Uh, I forget what episode. But thank you, Scott. Yeah, Scott's Scott's great. He was episode I recorded at the same time last year. Yeah, um, I, that's when we got uh, uh, Isaac Groundchuck uh, pushed hard to find out if there was any, uh, you know, who who was who was juicing. <laughs> and uh, and I think uh, Scotty came back with I'm pretty sure Matt Hayden was taking baby aspirin, <laughs> <laughs> and he said he said it dead serious. Break, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Isaac lost it. He's like, what? Baby aspirin. That's all you get. It's like it's steroids. Like who's giving him steroids? Oh, Maybe Skinos. Yeah, uh, we won't put him on the spot. Right. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair at all. Actually, I think that was more post Stu. I do. I, do. I think that yeah. was more of a. That was kind of for suspicions of it. Yeah, tail end. I mean, yeah. Pete won all three titles in '86, and he was a big dude. I know people were. But the year before that, he was there. the same size as you. Standing, <laughs> standing yeah, yeah, we would look like brothers in that picture instead of. Uh, you know what? I shouldn't say that because honestly. I've got no 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 I don't way to prove it. About, I don't know anything about any of it. Yeah, stuff. all I know is Pete was a big dude. He's winning yeah, races. Right. I bought the bike that he yeah. rode. Yeah. I, I liked it. And by the time he rode for Vans, I mean he was uh, he was a rebel kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, he had the long hair. I don't know if they were hair weaves or what, but they looked cool. Come out of the back of the helmet. It was yeah. A monster uh, mullet. But he uh, he was good. He, he was, was good. he was really good. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I shall not cast stones. No, uh, because Lord knows I've I've been juicing for I'm a long time here. I'm, yeah, I'm on a hardcore now. Right. Yeah. Somehow it just added twenty I'm pounds to my stomach. Series. I'm gonna win the state series next year <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> no more. No more two out of two for me. Yeah, I know. I want a rematch with Mark Heckler. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, all right, let's let's hit a couple more here. Yeah. Back to John for a second. Your favorite Streeby? Oh man, Got a lot to choose from. Oh, <laughs> could be the sister raced in a dress. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty impressive. That whole family was whole family was impressive. I've, I went to the compound at least once or twice. Excuse me, one, one second. What was the religion that they? I, I don't know. I don't or was know. it their own religion? Yeah, I think it might have been their own. Okay. Right. <laughs> they had their own thing going on for sure. It was like half there uh, was... Mennonite and half um, uh, uh, it was sort of like more, uh, Mormon. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there is so See, much. Still... Uh, there is so much about that yeah. that family. Right, um, right. So many interesting things about that family. Yeah, but yeah, I went yeah. to the compound before. I remember they had a a landing uh-huh. that was built purposely to ride off the roof of their two story house and land on this landing and then hit yeah, this. Yeah jump that went to the moon uh-huh. um, and it, it wasn't being ridden that day that I was there or whatever but I know Yokolet mm-hmm. had jumped it um, probably Brian and Adam I think had jumped it yeah yeah. but you know I, I used to race Nathan uh-huh. um, 
He was a good dude. Yeah. He is a good dude. I, right. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't talk to him. Don't keep up. Whatever. But he's a good dude. Uh, Adam. Adam. I probably knew the least about. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, became friends with him on Facebook a week or so ago. Uh huh. Brian. I see. I see the most probably. Yeah, he's pretty active. I put Brian on the very first cover of a zine I did. It was called, oh. it was called Warped Aggression. I did it with uh-huh. my buddy Tim Brown. Uh-huh. We were at South Park, and there was that little jump that wasn't on the track. It was off the side of the road. Yeah. And everybody would go over and it hits this thing. Right. Well, I had my camera, and I was trying to look all official and, and look like Gork or whatever. Uh-huh. Brian's over there doing these crank turndowns, of course. Right. And he come up and said, who are you shooting photos for? Mm-hmm. And I told him I was shooting photos for Go. And he just got stoked, like his eyes lit up, got super stoked, went back to the top of the trail, started hitting this thing a bunch more times. I got a bunch of cool photos of him doing these turndowns. Uh-huh. Um, it probably took me three months to put the zine together. <laughs> yeah. But months later, he shows up on the, on the cover of this black and white zine, <laughs> poorly copied. You couldn't even see who it was. It was so blown up and, and whatever. It was just a silhouetted picture. But, oh, um, man. So, yeah, but I... I don't know. I saw him out in Phoenix a couple of times. Did some photos of him out there. Yeah. But yeah, the sister racing a dress. They had a younger brother. Um, uh-huh. The dad let us sleep in his camper one time while he slept out in the cold, wet ground at a bike race. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Yeah, just they're like the streets. Um, I can't pick a favorite, though. I, that's all right. Uh, let's see. All right, here's a good one from John Lee also. Worst BMX trend you followed? Oh. I could guess it. Really? Oh, fork fins maybe? Oh, I never did fork fins. I never did no. fork fins or body belts. Um, Nothing neoprene for you, huh? No. I didn't. Either I didn't fall for it or I just couldn't afford to buy it. I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise like you would have. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say that I didn't <laughs> fall for it. Right. I'm always four years behind in buying stuff for my bike. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, even the things that come out are super cool. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't like working on my bike. My bike is running. Mm-hmm. I just don't touch it. I don't want to touch it. Right. Um, but yeah, when new parts come out and people are stoked on them, I don't get it. And yeah. then years later, maybe I get it if it's still cool or works or whatever. Right. And if it's the fad has come and gone, I've, I've done missed it anyway. So yeah, yeah. All right. So I don't, I can't really think of, I don't, I can't really think of anything that, that I really no. got involved in that, Come on, at least give us uh, donuts, the the grip donuts. I don't even think I did donuts. Dude. Really? Seriously. Man. I may have got my hands on some accidentally and, and ran they got for... the thicker donuts nope. to push your hands further nope. out? Never did How about the, the Powerlite bars with the pre-bent, you know, the pre-bent... Uh, for... I did have those. Okay. I had Powerlites with the bend in the grip. All right, now that was... I kind of liked them. Now that was idiotic. That, that, <laughs> the whole concept was great. I liked, like in them. fact, I probably took them off my bike and put them back on sometime later. I believe they were aluminum too. Where that? I don't know. It was like the 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 bad and the worse all they, one. They thing. never they they worked for me. Yeah. I had free agent bars one time that I jumped a launch ramp into a yard, and when I landed, the whole grip uh-huh. just broke off, <laughs> and I somehow didn't land on my face or eat the crossbar or whatever. But the, it must have just broke oh down. But those are free agent bars. Wow. But those power lights, for some reason, I must have thrown them away because mm-hmm. I don't have them. I don't have them now. But Here's a good trend. Okay. When we used to put those big metal discs on under the freewheel before you screwed your freewheel on, so it would make it loud. Now people just take all the grease out of their freewheel to make their to make I don't, their yeah, I don't uh, do that. freewheel. That sounds loud. too mechanical, and I don't do mechanical. 
just a metal plate. It's really a derailleur guard for a regular shifting bike. I wouldn't have if it was super loud. I wouldn't have liked it because I don't really? like those loud clicking. I'd be all stealth. stealth uh, yeah, like? I like stealth. I like sneak up. Okay. Because I'm not I'm not beating you down the first straight alligator right. and that stuff. So if I'm gonna get you, I gotta sneak up on you, <laughs> and I gotta get you at the end. Right. You know, like you gotta just be tired and it's not worth it or whatever. And that's when I sneak up and, and yeah. attack. That's funny. Uh, all right, I'm gonna jump through these. Let's do. Uh, all right. I oh actually I do want to say that uh, or read John Am I talking too much like do I need to shorten up my answers Nope I feel like we've been here for a while No right. Well well that's because we had the half we had the stew right. show We had the, the stew in our blood yeah. It was <laughs> It was hosted by Stew Toss <laughs> Yeah I mean that was, Dude, I'm honored I hope you pe- I I hope the audience can hear that Yeah part. I was thinking that too because he started out talking really really quiet yeah. I was like oh and then he got like hear this I th- I think I'm pretty sure I can increase the volume, but it might it might increase the entire podcast just, volume. Just so. dub in your own voice on top of his and act like you're him. <laughs> right, Say whatever right. he said. That was that was pretty wild. That is not something that would be easily duplicated. That was total chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna exaggerate and tell people like Stu Thompson wanted to sit in on my podcast and hear what I <sighs> had to say. Yeah. And he did. He did want to. There's there's no question. Um, all right. So, uh, John, John Lee just wanted to say thank you for all of your support and making the trip out to the John Lee Jam, which was the first oh, jam. Yeah. And I'm going to say something about that uh, real quick. Uh, it was awesome getting to meet you, is, is what he said. Um, I, okay, so, so you work for, is it okay to say who you work for? Sure. All right. The CIA. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it's Close to the, the same acronym, Southwest yeah, Air. Yeah, <laughs> Southwest South Airline. Yeah, very close to CIA. But uh, so you work for an airline, but you drove all the way out from Ohio, from Ohio out to the first jam that that uh, I held with with uh, a lot of John Lee's friends from Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not. That was not a uh, a Gromdad two thousand uh, um, jam. Uh, fundraising jam that was a group effort there but that's what started them and it was it was awesome so Mm -hmm. you wanted to be there i don't know what the deal was with the plane tickets but you ended up driving all night long to be there in time for the jam and then you drove all the way back yes and it's a hike i mean it's an 11 hour drive maybe 10 at best well, you got to, you had to get off of Long Island and through New York City, so that that right there is a that's, yeah. a, that's a two hour you know uh, bit in and of itself. Actually, I don't need that anymore. Okay. Yeah, if you want to hang on to it, it's fine. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, that was a huge deal. I mean, you you may have had the furthest distance traveled to that to that jam outside of possibly Rich Bartlett, or was he the next year? I think he was the next year. Mm-hmm. When when you yeah. did fly and you drove with me down yeah. and we stopped at Kiko, were you with me when we went yeah. to Kiko? And or no, was, I went to I didn't go to Kiko. I went to uh, Boon Boon. That's right. I, maybe I went to Kiko or we did both. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know how that worked. Um, but anyway, that that was a big deal, and it was. I mean, I I certainly appreciate you you showing up for that. I think we ended up doing the Sidak race together. Yes, we did. Yeah, I couldn't harder, find any takers. Harder than I thought. Yeah. And I had a broken foot, so I was supposed to be on the side, but I ended up pedaling. Well, I, couldn't, I couldn't monkey that thing, and I couldn't pedal that thing. If I wanted to turn left, that thing turned right. Right. Turn right, turn left. 
everything was fine until after the finish line. And now line. every time I see you with somebody else and you guys are blazing around that thing, I'm like, oh, well, okay, apparently I'm the only one that can't ride a side hack. I couldn't. Well, no, because it was the person before you that tried that Danny Bailey. Okay. Remember he ran off in the woods? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, and some kid broke his leg there. Uh, bad memory. Yeah, no, no, that's that the next thing. Yeah, I'm only bringing that up in my own defense. That yeah, I yeah. <laughs> well, although they were going fast too, it was my. It, it was me. Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Jeez, I'm glad I wasn't a monkey when you were riding that thing. You're throwing people off, man. Oh man! All right, Shane. Shane Hampson. I'm sorry. I got to tell this story. It, it sucked. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I Shane. Mean, I was standing right there when it happened too. I was oh in the infield gosh. taking pictures, and it, he went to plant his foot to yeah. push off in the first turn, and it just buckled like his tib fib just broke right in half. And the people on the top of the turn, you were right there. And I've broken my just leg like, before, so I felt it when I saw him ooh, do it. I felt what And he we're talking felt. broken, like clean. Uh. <laughs> and, whew. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then come to find out, and not, not necessarily uh, a reason why it happened, but probably had something to do with it, is uh, both his father and his grandfather had broken the same side uh, tip fib in their lifetime. So in their uh, their family is, is tall and yeah. he's pretty skinny and tall. Uh, so maybe just so he was doing it coming one way or the other. Oh yeah, he was gonna get it at some yeah. point, may as well do it on a side hack. He should probably thank you for getting it over with. He's young, <laughs> his bones are growing anyway. Right. We were definitely on a hot lap though. Okay. I mean you we guys were, you guys were... we were mo- we were moving. <laughs> uh but that I've only I've only cried at one uh, one fundraising event, and that was the one. Mm-hmm. That was that was a uh, yeah, that was tough. To, I felt tough to witness. Terrible. Yeah, and then you got to like pull yourself together and try to keep the jam going. Yeah, and uh, it, it was terrible. But we uh, a lot of good came out of it. We did some. We did some. Uh, uh, Ted Nelson helped me come up with a. Uh, I did a separate number plate award for him, mm-hmm. and it was. Uh, uh, number one, like toughest rider, or something like that. I forget. I, I think that's what we had on there. Sent that down, and then uh, another time I went down there and I brought him to the boondocks mm-hmm. uh, before they got plowed. Uh, just to, he still wasn't able to ride yet, but just to, his parents met me there and, and uh, he hung out and got to check it out because he had never seen boondocks, even though he's yeah. from Long Island. Uh, just not part of that scene. So he, uh, anyway. And he ended up uh, getting better and doing really well at, at racing. Kind of picked up where he left off. Uh, so yeah, thanks for th- thanks yeah, thanks for welcome. making me feel like yeah, an asshole. Uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. If you want, I'll write down the other things about my family. If you want to bring yeah. those up, too. <laughs> you know, reality maybe, check. <laughs> maybe my first reality. relationship. Yeah. Reality check, sucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe do you, you want to talk about me hitting our ducks? Yeah. Like I, I killed like. Three ducks yeah, with my vehicle. Let's work through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. A lot of working through. Man, it yeah. had just snowed. Everything was white, and we got these white ducks. Peking peeking ducks or pecking ducks? Peking? Peking. I think it's a, a Chinese, Chinese type of duck. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I pulled into my... It drove into her house, came around the back and around my wife's car and, and parked... <laughs> Where I th- thought it was a bunch of fluffy white snow, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden the snow was turning uh, red. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and needless to say, the kids were watching, <laughs> watching out the window, and you know we were down to two ducks after uh. that. Uh, yeah, good times. Um, I guess uh, that's about Marvelous, as much as man. we. Uh, Cold. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the worst stuff now, so I can work myself yeah. well, out of like, this. That's why you do these fundraisers now to make up for your. <laughs> <laughs> transgressions are where yes. they going yeah I know it's exactly why I do it a lot of uh, a lot of making up to do alright so well, um, <laughs> let me just say that John Lee is a cool a cool dude mm-hmm. that whole trip I made out there there were there were there were selfish re- reasons behind that as well I mm-hmm. you know I went up to a jam in uh, Apple Creek Ohio mm-hmm. and did that first and then from there I drove to Long Island um, and that's why I drove most of the night, slept uh-huh. at a rest stop for a few hours, then drove the rest away. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I needed that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a married man. I got a kid. I yeah. needed that little getaway. And yeah. I missed doing road trips and going mm-hmm. to bike. And you know, I had never been to shore and BMX. I was excited mm-hmm. to go there. Yeah. I knew all these Long Island guys going to be there. People I remember growing up. And yeah. even if I didn't know them, I knew I'd recognize people. And sure. you know, it's, it's cool to see everybody 30 years later. You yeah. Know? We've all grown up done our own thing whatever only BMX though not high school reunions yeah, don't, don't yeah. do those BMX is BMX yeah, is yeah, whole, don't, don't BMX is what, what I enjoy right. um, but that was it was a good trip I had fun mm-hmm. out there at the track I had fun with the fundraiser John Lee's super cool guy um, you know he had a, he, he had that tape that he put together we were jamming out there at the track oh, all day with one good yeah. song after another I'm just like man this is awesome this is uh-huh. the scene out here is awesome it was fun watching all you guys that knew each other mm-hmm you know, connect after not seeing each other for years. Yeah. Um, even not being a part of that scene, I felt like, you know, I don't know, I felt like a part of the scene somehow. You were. Um, and then same thing driving home. Yeah. You know, I had I had cool stuff that I had bought at the silent auctions or wanted mm-hmm. a raffle or something. Yeah. Um, I've got that Brian Foster bike that, that looking at it, I'm like, man, the back end of this thing is short. I don't know if I can ride it. It's short. Yeah, yeah. And driving home, I got about 30 minutes from home. There's a little pump track thing, a little dirt pump track. I'm like, I'm going to stop and try this bike out. It was like 10 a.m. I was super tired from sleeping in my truck for two hours. Uh-huh. I got there, got that bike out, and I think I pulled it up once and almost landed on my back. <laughs> and that isn't going to – I can't ride a bike with a 13-point-something back end. Oh, wow. But, uh, wow. So I ended up trading that somewhere down the road. Was that a else, fit? But, a fit bike? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I didn't even know we had that in the silent auction. Yeah. Wow. So I know you did really well in the pit bike race. I did I did pretty good in the pit bike race. That wasn't easy. And I was man, I was on one of the sixteens. Because there were a bunch of eighteen inch bikes and I ended up with one of the sixteens. <laughs> Being the tallest guy there. But <laughs> it's natural that you should end up with But yeah, that was uh the smallest I was bike. I was training for obstacle course races back then oh okay. so i'm doing a lot of running spartan kind of stuff. yeah so i had to, yeah. i had a little bit of fitness behind me back then uh-huh um so i i went into that pit bike race like i'm, I'm gonna take this and of course i didn't yeah because yeah, there are yeah. a lot of fast dudes on pit bikes yeah but there was but, 40 people to start we had man, 20 was, i had 20 man motos and you made it through your moto and you made it to the final and and that was not easy that I, was that was fun that was a fun event yeah, and it was yeah. very laid back yeah. Of course, everybody gets competitive because everybody's racers or oh, yeah. whatever. But it was that was a lot right. of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad you came. And for first, a good for a good John. cause, man. John Lee's a good dude, and I'm, I'm you know hoping that, that everything helped him out. Yeah, the money raised and just the the support from people and stuff like that was cool to see. So absolutely, couldn't have done it for a better guy. That's for sure. 
Uh, all right, so I'm gonna hit a, a couple more of these questions, and we might be able to might be able to wrap this up. And uh, you're just uh, actually, if you want to, actually, I can keep this. All right, um, Brendan Thompson just said he can't wait for this this interview. Uh, Brendan's from right around Nashville, and he has an amazing collection of cars, cars uh, and, and bikes. bikes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I follow him on Instagram. He's mm. Definitely got cool cars and cool bikes. He's yeah, yeah. That might be a trip we have to take together. Yeah, go down to Nashville to see Brennan. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. That'd be fun. Uh, okay, uh, Trails Warrior, give you the thumbs up. Thanks to Toski, uh, Turtle Forty One Thirty. See you there. Meaning at the Old Fools Jam, which is where we are. By the way, I can't believe I didn't say that before. Uh, we're at Ray's. Uh, uh, I guess we call it Bike Park, but Mountain Bike Park. Same thing, uh, but we're here for the Old Fool's Jam, so uh, so when Tim, I think this is Tim, maybe not, Turtle4130 for uh, says, see you there, Brian's an awesome dude. Blast BMX. Thank is you, Trails Warrior, and thank you, Turtle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Blast BMX is Andy. Andy, yep, Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. Best friend since third grade. Uh-huh. Been riding together since, you know, 1985. Yeah, and now he he runs a team, Blast BMX, that he started for it's his kids. You know, he and his kids, mm-hmm. and I ride for the team, and my son rides for the team, and you know, it's 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 a jersey, it's a jersey, and it's a canopy to sit under, and and his wife makes fruit bowls for us at the races and stuff. Really? It's nothing more than just a a family hangout. Keep mm-hmm. it fun, keep it simple. Yeah, and you know, we, between between the whole shot zine and Blast BMX, we've been promoting little things at races, mm-hmm. little whole shot awards with money. And, That's awesome. And whatever, whatever yeah. to entertain ourselves and try to make it fun for other people too. So good for you, good for you. Just showing people how easy it is to make a difference with with uh, with BMX. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. On, on the local level, it's super easy. You can do anything mm-hmm. you want, right? Within reason, right. So he asks, Andy asks, uh, best BMX event he's ever attended and why. You know what? I'm going to skip that because we're going to end up back at Christmas yeah, Classic. Yeah, 88 Christmas Classic. Yeah. Same, same store. I loved it. Yeah. Loved everything about it. Right. Another one from Andy. What does, he, what does riding mean to Brian now in his late 40s? Hmm. Uh, riding... Uh, I don't do it as much as I used to, and I don't need to do it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But it's still—I feel like it's still who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still a BMX bike rider um, and a super fan. And a super fan. I love it. I love riding bikes. I love the races. Mm-hmm. You know, even though as different as the sport is, mm-hmm. I still love it. And right. if honestly, if I had the time and the money, I told my wife this the other day. If I had the time and the money, I'd go to every national on the circuit. Sure. And I'd race with my flat pedals. Uh-huh. I I wish we could still run knobbies because I think it looks cooler. Yeah. I tried to do it as long as I could, but it's such a obvious disadvantage that I, I yeah. finally put on the the, the bald tires with 110 psi and everything else. <laughs> right. Right. But you know, I'll run the flat pedals and I'll do what I can with the flat pedals. Uh-huh. And but the tracks, I love riding different tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, and at 47 years old. I feel like I can go to a track and handle a track. Sure. The trails that are built these days, I never know what I'm going to see when I go to trails. Yeah. So as much as I still love trails and a trail scene, mm-hmm. going to a track, I, I feel like I can go there and be safe. I wish I could ride the track more. 
which mm-hmm. is why I like locals and, and the state scenes. Sure. Because nationals, you don't you don't get to ride enough. Yeah. But if I could follow the circuit, I mean, I I absolutely would. I'd do like Eric Root. Mm-hmm. I'd hop in my car and go to every single race. Yeah. And I would enjoy it. Right. I, I still like going up and checking the moto sheets and uh-huh. and the nerves and and the fun of if I'm in fifth place and I'm battling for fourth, and mm-hmm. we get to the finish line and and I'm still upright and and safe. If I had a fun race and a good race, I'm stoked on. It. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth or fifth, I'm, I'm stoked on. If I if I rode mm-hmm. decent, had a good battle with somebody for right. a position, that's fun to me. Yeah. So, hey. But yeah, I, I that's BMX in my 40s is great. I, I love mm-hmm. that I can still do it. That I still do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this is going to go uh, retro from that same thought process. But okay. uh, what does this also for me, Andy? What does Brian miss the most from previous areas, eras? I'm sorry of BMX. Hmm. Previous eras. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to the era when I began, which was late '80s, which was to to me, and maybe it was just me and the age I was at, and the fact that I was new to the sport. But mm-hmm. but I was stoked on everything BMX, mm-hmm. and if there was negative parts of BMX, I was unaware of them. I didn't see them, uh-huh. um, which was a wonderful mental place to be in. I I was so excited about BMX, and I thought everybody else was too, and maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But there was no, for me, there was no drama in it. Right. Um, nobody complained about the tracks. Right. Which I don't know. I went to tracks and the Christmas Nationals had soft spots and wet spots and the turns had, you know, they'd use that, that steamroller thing and drive up and down until you could feel it. But even that, I don't yeah. remember, you know, we ran comp threes and we had 40 PSI in it or something. Yeah. You, know, you didn't feel it as much in Chromoly bikes. Yeah. But, um, so I don't. Know, I was completely blind to the negative parts of BMX mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. And you know, as I got older and thought I was cool or whatever, then I probably started complaining about some stuff. But those late '80s, yeah, I loved everything about it, and I loved going to the races. I loved the uniforms. Mm-hmm. I loved that there were factory teams mm-hmm. that had six or seven kick-ass riders on it, and that was it. And if you wrote GT, it said GT on your shirt, and that's it. If you wrote for Haro, it said Haro on your shirt, that's it. Uh-huh. You could look from a mile away and see who was on the gate based yeah. on the jerseys. And yeah. I, I like that. I, I somewhat understand business these days. You got sure. a million co-sponsors. You got to put them all over the place. Right. Um, right. Their factory teams are now supporting other teams or whatever. Sure. Um, but I, I miss that factory scene um, and knowing who was who up on the gate. Uh-huh. Um, and the magazines is the biggest thing. I miss the magazines. Oh, the magazines yeah. and the coverage that they provided, uh-huh. which was enough but not too much. Right. Your social media, it's, it's almost too much. Mm-hmm. It's just too much stuff. Right. Um, but I, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Think about 1990, Matt Hoffman's on the cover of Go doing a backflip. Mm-hmm. And the world flipped out. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I was at school looking at it. I, was, I wanted people to see what I was looking at. So they'd be like, oh my God, is that guy backflipping a bike like it? It was amazing. Uh-huh. But you got that little dose of it, and you're like, man, did he pull it? Did he do this? Did he motor yeah. drive sequence in the magazine. You'd see yeah. that he pulled it. People are killing themselves in the background. Kevin Martin jumped up and destroyed his knee when he landed. Uh-huh. You know, people are passing out in the background. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> people are going nuts. Yeah. And now I go through Instagram. I see Logan Martin right. doing these flip, twist, bar spin, everything on a bike. And, yeah. you know, it's amazing to me, but I'm also barely even slowing down as I scroll past it. 
Yeah. So without yeah. like the magazine coverage and and too much coverage, you, I feel like everything is just it's too fast. Yeah. Underappreciated. It mm-hmm. comes and goes. So I, yeah. I, I I miss that era. Yeah. And where the sport was back then, I guess. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was the the innocence of it back then. It yeah. was just very. It was. It was clear what we were doing, and and we knew it. And it worked, mm-hmm. and that's just all there was to it. I mean, as we get older, I think we probably just maybe we see it in a different light, yeah. so we see more of it. We see it with a bright light, so we see all the little things that that uh, are maybe overdone. Yeah, you know, taking taking some of the fun out of it. But with that said, we all we all have yeah. a, a I'm way. On, we can, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, so it's silly yeah. to complain about. Sure. Yeah, I'm sharing pictures with people mm-hmm. that no way they ever would have seen it. Right. But because of Instagram, I can share this. So mm-hmm. there's there's good things to it. Well, and what but, you're doing with Andy is a good thing that you guys are doing with it. And with the whole shot, um, the whole shot deal. That's um, it's if everyone from our era uh, gives a little back, whether it's with racing or or whatever it is, um, then we can help it be fun yeah and and, you know with with the people that aren't seemingly having fun yeah um i've I've done it i've seen it it's not too difficult to make it work sometimes it means breaking a kid's leg on a side hat yeah and sometimes it's just a a local race like it should be fun from beginning to end people should be laughing about something Right. right um i i hate to see it's very it's very serious and on a local level too serious yeah. you know it's a lot of money being put into it and mm-hmm. it's just a local race man just go yeah. have some fun jump right. a tabletop and sketch out or yeah you know yeah something well that's all the reasons you have it right uh and you're doing it right so one last one from andy he said what does brian love the most about today's bmx scene and then he said, I'll shut up now. I can't wait for the interview. <laughs> but Zip it. Andy, thank you for sending the questions. Yeah. I think these are great Andy's, questions. Andy's a good dude. Andy Johnson. Instagram, he's at shaping the page. Uh, he's got some old pictures on there, too, like freestyle, from the freestyle side of things. But he's, mm-hmm. he's a great dude. Yeah. Um, what do I like most about today's BMX? Mm-hmm. I guess I like... You know, I... I do, and I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. To, I like going to the tracks uh-huh. um, because I don't really watch the weather as much anymore. You yeah. can go to, it can rain the day before and you go to the track. It can rain that morning, you go to the track and you can still ride it. Oh, yeah, with a little so soil tack. There's something to be that. said if it's for the soil tack and everything's mm-hmm. smooth. And, right. Um, you know, Akron BMX one of my favorite tracks in Ohio. I love going up there. I love riding that track. Uh huh. There's, there's a lot of different things you can do on different parts of the track. Um, and I, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy riding, but I enjoy going to, I went to some nationals last year. I went to Tulsa, um, went to Louisville, uh-huh. um, South Park. I don't know. I, I love going to different tracks, riding different tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, you know, in, in very many ways they're giant pump tracks, I still go there and I enjoy riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as watching the racing, I, I don't like watching the racing as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that I don't like watching the racing. Right. I still enjoy watching people battle and races and good moves. I appreciate good moves and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just it's not as it doesn't feel like right. it's as frequent as it used to be. You're not 
bumping each other in a turn and coming to a stop and then three of you are trying to get back on your pedals and race <laughs> to the next jump that maybe you clear and maybe you don't right it's you know it's just very very flowy now yeah but you know back in the day we all used to appreciate like oh my god the track is so smooth it yeah. flows so good it was like a rare occasion and uh-huh. now they all are smooth right um so i don't know i, I love i love riding tracks mm-hmm. um i don't know in but, any in any shape or condition pretty yeah. much but and i follow the sport but in all honesty mm-hmm. joe i don't really feel like i know like the pros right yeah, and I follow some of them on Instagram and stuff like that, but there's a lot of videos of sprints yeah, yeah. and product things, and I understand they're trying to get paid and they got to yeah. promote their sponsor and all that. Right. But I don't even feel like I know, you right. know, I know of Corbin, I know of Connor, and, and mm-hmm. you know, Nick Long does his own thing, which is cool. Right, right. But um, I don't know, it's just different, man. The pros back in the day, it just seemed like they were so individual. Yeah. You know, there's so many different individuals mm-hmm. and the way that they rode and the way that they trained and you know some of them ate healthy and did this and other ones went to McDonald's and drank beer all weekend and you know some yeah. of them were super buff and some were super skinny I mean it was just it was all over the place and now everybody's yeah. like this well-oiled machine uh-huh. athlete yeah which is respectable right but it's also yeah. you know BMX has yeah gotten real serious in that aspect which, if you want to compete, yeah. that's the route you have to go. You can't be a dirtball eating right. McDonald's and, and right. go beat Connor Veals around the track. Right. So. And it can't, it can't be duplicated. It's, it's evolved uh, so much that that can't be duplicated. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Need another Dave Clymer. Yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of them, man. All the personality. Ronnie yeah, Anderson, yeah. the... Geez, the wrench he threw in the system. Oh yeah, you never knew Talking what you about were the storylines from that dude. Yeah, and Dave yeah. Clymer and his thing, and Mad Dog coming in there, and you know he never made it to the top of the the pro yeah, class, yeah. but right, man, where the entertainment that came from those up. dudes. What didn't he fight with? Uh, was it Greg Hill or? Oh, he fought with Hill. He fought, we with, fought Harry with Harry Larry. <laughs> That's right, Harry, Harry Larry. Harry Larry was the big one. The video that goes around all the time of he and uh, Aquaman yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting into it at the races. Like, man, that was just, Arizona, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. That looked like some indoor horse barn type place, uh, okay. but I had no okay. idea where it was. Yeah. All right. Uh, some things that, uh, let's see, we've got in the notes here. I'm interested in this one. Anthony Sewell, which oddly enough, I think I brought him up with... Uh, with Stu before mm-hmm. Anthony Sewell rest in peace uh, trading card alright yeah tell me this Anthony Sewell story that was uh, I was probably uh, 18 or 19 years old mm-hmm. Mad Dog was my hero at that point he was coming into you know coming into BMX action and jumping to the moon doing all sorts of tricks he was super cool to me he stole and all my tricks but I don't know. He, did. he did he did <laughs> yeah that's bullshit I think I had a Mad Dog at that point I did too um, which I still have Oh, that's right. Um, I've seen it. And what? what, They started that whole search for Anthony Sewell thing. (laughs) Yes. Well, I had an Anthony Sewell trading card. So Uh I wrote Chris Mad Dog a a letter Uh and sent him this trading card. And I must have put my phone number on this thing. Mad, you know, call me Mad Dog. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Which is funny because I'm like 19 years old or something. But I sent him this letter. And I don't know how much time went by, but I got a phone call one day. I still remember I was upstairs at my parents' house. And, you know, my mom must have yelled out, hey, somebody's on the phone, you know. It's just Todd Lyons. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just wants to talk with you. <laughs> yeah, so I went and picked up the phone. And, hey, man, this is Chris Moeller, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 
I mean, who? One of my friends, you know. Like, <laughs> which jackoff is this? Calling me, acting like Chris Bowler. It's the same one that that called and said it was uh, Greg Hill. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, wait, was it Greg Hill? No, I'm sorry to break your to break your into your, your uh, thought process there, but um, Gary Ellis. Gary Ellis. Danny Bailey would call my house and say it was asked for me and said it's Gary Ellis. <laughs> Yeah, so you think you're yeah. going to assume that you're one of your buddies doing this. Right. Yeah, they all knew that I thought yeah, they all yeah. was super cool and I got a riding a mad dog and the whole yeah, world. So, sure. Yeah, so I got on there and I don't remember how the conversation went, but I remember it was a, a couple minutes at least of me saying, like, who is this? Is it, you know, yeah. just, I thought Kevin Pittman was messing with me or one of those guys in Dayton was messing around with me or something. But but no, so, so yeah, I sent him an Anthony Sewell card and he called me up and uh-huh. uh, just to thank me for the card. Yeah. And yeah. Say who knows what. But, that's awesome. And, uh, it, yeah, maybe it's a card that... Uh, oh. How did you even get that card? What was that I got, in? I got a pack. I got a bunch of those packs. That I've got a bunch of them still. Yeah. Of all those trading cards they used to make. Really? Yeah, and I, I think a cousin or somebody gave them... I don't remember who gave them to me. I don't remember. I've had them for that. years and years. Oh. Obviously, since way back then. Right. So, but I think a cousin right. got a hold of them and gave them to me. Uh-huh. On the subject of that mad dog, let me tell the story of Dino. You sure. Dino. Yeah. In 91, I bought a Holmes. Uh-huh. Red Holmes was freaking awesome. Yeah. So the Mad Dog, is, you know, at that point, it's just another bike. So I sold it to Dino for 25 bucks. Frame and fork. <laughs> sold that thing to him for 25 bucks. Yeah. Well, he put a bunch of Boss components on it and stuff, and he made yeah. rode it a few times. And he hung it in his parents' basement. Yeah. So years and years later, I'm living out in Phoenix. It's probably about 07. Uh-huh. So 15 years later, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I call him up. I'm like, hey, dude, you still have that Mad Dog, man. I want to get my old stuff back together, yeah. stuff that I gave away, whatever. You still have that Mad Dog, man. I'd like to have that thing back. He's just like, yeah, you know, it's in my grandparents' basement. Yeah. So sweet, man. You sell that thing back to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he agrees to do it. He sold it back to me for the same 25 bucks that I sold it to him. This is in 2007. Whoa. Now, Dino, yeah. he's a smart dude. Right. I can't imagine he didn't look it up and see what it was worth. Yeah. <laughs> but... As a as a good friend of mine, he uh-huh. he just sold it back to me for twenty five bucks. And this yeah. was he was into mountain bikes in mm-hmm. two thousand seven or something. I don't know what he was into. He's always been a collector. Yeah, he might have been collecting records or mountain bikes or whatever. But he sold me that bike back, and I built it back up. Uh huh. Um, you know whatever. Yeah. A couple of years later, he started getting back and kind of into BMX. Started collecting things. Fell in love with the S and M brand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Since that day, he has threatened to steal a bike from me. Um, <laughs> every time he comes over, he threatens to take it. If I'm out of town, he threatens to pick my locks, which he's done before, and to take it. Um, when I moved from uh-huh. houses, right, I told right. him, I said, I don't want to put this in the storage garage. Why don't you put it, keep it in your house and look at it for a couple months? So he did it. <laughs> That's torture. Yeah. Well, there he sent me pictures and t- told me how he registered it with the the Pickerington police. Told me he registered it under his name, and uh, to this day, I'm not sure that he didn't do it. It oh, may be registered man. under his name, and he's just waiting to actually steal oh, it. From I don't know. God. But, yeah. But yeah, so he's he's <laughs> kicking himself because he's got like yeah. I don't know, ten, twelve S and M bikes in his house. He's that but many. He, yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of bikes. But he has to have this one. But he doesn't have the Mad Dog because it's in my house. Oh, because he's only only got... Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of cruisers and... I don't know. S&M cruisers? Yeah. Widowmakers? I sold him my 38 Special Cruiser. Really? Um, and wow. all of us just trying, like... Wow. I don't know. 
make him lose his train of thought of stealing the mad dog from him, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's got a bunch of yeah. who knows what. Wow. Uh, how about a quick How about a quick story about uh, working for DK? Okay. Um, Nineteen ninety three. Uh-huh. I was delivering pizzas in Pickering, Ohio. I decided I'm going to move to Dayton. Dayton's got a good scene. There's, there's a lot of dudes I, I'm good friends with. Mm-hmm. I want to move there and I want to ride bikes. Right. And so I, I moved to Dayton. Moved in with Greg Beam. Do you remember Greg mm-hmm. Beam? I do. Yeah, he he rode Factory DK, rode Factory Huffy in the early '80s, and wow. still very still very good for you. He texted me this morning. He's he's getting back into riding, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I moved in with him. Colin Winkleman had just moved out of the house, yeah. so I moved in with Greg. Uh-huh. I got this job at DK. You know, I went from making fifteen dollars an hour delivering pizzas to four fifty an hour making stems. Oh jeez. So, yeah. and on top of that, they would let you buy things from System Cycle from their shelves, and they'd take it straight out of your paycheck, which completely destroyed my paycheck because, right, of course, I'm right. buying stuff. So you're working for free. But, but I'm back there making stems. I did it, I made it for a month. I did yeah. it for a month. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was, there was one time I was back there, and, and I'm drilling the holes in the bottom part of the stem. You know, the four stem bolts and then the hole for the, the uh, stem bolt, whatever. Right. And... I, I suddenly I felt a presence behind me and I turned around and it was Charlie Danishek was standing right over my shoulder watching me yeah and yeah you know, I don't know I didn't barely know what I was doing anyway uh-huh. but I'm drilling these holes and when I turned around and saw him I thought oh man I really started focusing right well little aluminum shavings flying off and you're drilling these holes uh-huh. one of them cut my hand yeah and I didn't realize it but all of a sudden I saw blood leaking in you know it was shooting that milky stuff all over the stem so it didn't get hot all of a sudden I see blood in the milky stuff. Yeah. And I know he's right there, and I kind of panicked, and I let go of the, the drill. Yeah. I had it down in the stem, yeah. which is inside the jig. If you let go of it, the, the drill's going to grab hold of the whole thing and spin it a million miles an hour. Right, right. So as soon as I let go of it, he kind of panicked and screamed something yeah. at me. Yeah. And I kind of panicked because I'm bleeding all into this thing, whatever. Yeah. So I grab back a hold of it, and just, you know, that kind of thing sums up how the job went for me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I wasn't... I'm not not really mechanically inclined, but just that sort of work I wasn't that good at. Um, uh-huh. But in it, I didn't really enjoy the work either. It was just myself, right. and it may have been Justin Shields or this other dude named Eric. It seemed like there were only two, maybe three of us back there. Uh-huh. You couldn't hear over the drills anyway, so it's just... Right. I made it for a month. Yeah. And then by then I was homesick. I, I had just started dating this girl right before I moved, uh-huh. but I moved anyway. And I was driving back and forth once a week, oh, and then like sleep driving back. Yeah. You know, I'd stay at, you know, I'd stay till two in the morning, yeah, yeah, chasing this girl, whatever. And then I'd drive home, falling asleep at the wheel, like literally falling asleep yeah. at the wheel. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go to work at, at six or seven or whatever in the morning, get up right. for work. So it it wasn't working, no. but but I had fun there. Mm-hmm. You know, me, Greg, Colin. I remember we went out to track a couple times. We'd practice turns, like just. Yeah. pimping each other and stuff like that and it just you know they were fun dudes to ride with right um good friends we, we had a lot of fun but mm-hmm. i could always drive back to dayton and visit those guys i didn't need to live there so that that lasted a month yeah but i also had one of those aluminum shavings fly up go down my shirt burnt oh. me on the way down and Oof. then come to rest inside my belly button oh. and just singed inside my belly button so it's like that kind of stuff is what happens to me when i try to build stems for a living like i'm right. Right. I'm not good at stuff like that. So. <laughs> no. 
You're you're better as uh, one of those Samsonite. Uh, yeah, um, I could throw <laughs> luggage. I could stack <laughs> luggage like, like you wouldn't believe, like a wall of luggage that you wouldn't believe. And I don't even do that anymore. Now I work a cargo facility, and I yeah. Nowadays, I I run on a treadmill or I make a BMX zine. Right. You know, I do some work when I'm there. Right. But I also right. watch entire series of TV shows while I'm there. Sure. So well, you know, it's not a bad gig. Yeah. Don't don't overdo it. You know. <laughs> no, don't don't show all your yeah. cards. You know. I gotta, 47 man I gotta pace myself yeah yeah exactly um I think we're pretty much wrapped up I, I think we should probably get a couple laps and, uh, and then go over to Wild Bill Klein's house and that sounds and good get dinner on the way or something and then uh hey Brian and I wrote you tomorrow morning for me and for you guys whatever you want you got a busy schedule man I'm gonna I'm gonna get into whatever yeah. we get into tomorrow yeah, There's going to be a ton of people from what I, from what I understand. That's so what we'll, it sounds like. Uh, I think that podcast booth is going to be a little a little busy up there. A little hectic. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's always nice to have people stop by. Yeah. But, uh, all right. How about we uh, we close it on that? You all good? Right. feel well, like yeah. you got out everything fairly important. And I appreciate yeah. sitting here talking about myself. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. You've been... You've done... Such great things for for supporting what I do and and supporting the 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 people that I do it for and uh, just it's always it's always been fun and funny and we probably never knew that we were going to connect in this way yeah. that far back but we kind of know who each other was you know it's, it's pretty cool yeah. how things how things kind of come together later in life so it's uh, it, yeah I, it's I knew wild. who you were the, the first time you text me. Mm-hmm five years ago or whatever it was I'm yeah. like I know who this dude is Yeah, how random yeah. is this like I remember this dude and I wasn't asking for your mom no he didn't he didn't <laughs> no. he didn't make a joke about my mom no nope, so like, this I guy's alright <laughs> exactly I'm gonna right. delete right. wild man from my phone list I'm gonna put Joe yeah Joe man yeah. Connecticut Joe that's what I call you <laughs> that's just, right just so you know that's right but but yeah this, this is cool man I appreciate it yeah thanks for doing it thank you I've been looking forward to it and uh yeah it'll it'll be up at, at some point okay. soon you know sit on your hands and wait no hurry you know how it works. my story's not gonna change there's no hurry <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> alright thank you Brian yep, you're welcome Once you go into the berm, then walk that. I gotta kinda try to do at least jump the first.